0: You are listening to the Red Leaf Retrocast, gaming, anime, and wrestling. Your best location to learn, remember, and relive the past to the present. We watch old and seasonal anime, play old and new video games, and watch all the wrestling we can. You are listening to the Wrestling Cast episode, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is episode 27 of the Red Leaf WrestleCast edition, titled Scrapper Carrot Gold Cup. Couldn't tell by the title. We're talking about Scrapper Mania, 16 Carat, Gold, and the New Japan Cup on this cast. Later I will be joined by Jay from the SmackDown Podcast and fellow host of the Redleaf Retrocast Modern Gaming Edition, where we talk about. All of the recent releases in video games over the last month. Really fun. We have a packed show for you today. Lots of uh, this podcast's favorite indie promotions had arguably their biggest shows of the year. Many tournaments, two in particular, just recently happened. This is Redly Freshercast. Cast. Where would we be without our collaboration sites of... A Discord dedicated to Retro Gaming, Retro Twitch. Go check them out, Retro RetroTwitch.com. Easy Discord link in the Twitter handle. And then, of course, the Anime Radicals Network. For all our anime fans out there, of course, go check out Red Leaf Retrocast Anime Edition. Where we're over 45 episodes strong at this point. Amazing stuff. And we have our going contest for a High Dive gift card. One of those new anime streaming sites out there. Very affordable, but if you want to test it out first, then just enter our contest. Go to JD or redlyfretricast, you can find the pinned tweet for a link to the contest entry. There you go. Enter it, people. Let's get this thing started. As always, this is more of the intro dedicated to promotions we don't normally cover on this cast. Maybe we'll uh, cover them more. Dragon Gate is a promotion uh, that was introduced in this intro section and um, show. Now we've covered it two for two at this point. I love dragon gate. Now not something I thought I'd say OTT is another one this time. Last year, OTT was just kind of hanging about. Yes. Yeah, Scrapper Mania is always fun. How about this? We're taught. We're back at Noah. Yes. Uh, another Japanese wrestling promotion, Pro Wrestling Noah. They had Great Voyage 2019 in Yokohama. They have disregarded the green mat. The green mat's gone. New logo and everything too. Personally, I'm not a fan of logo. I think it's generic to a fault. Doesn't pop. Doesn't. It's not inspiring in any way. I don't like it. It does look pretty good with the new mat though. We'll admit that. Especially on the black background, by itself though, absolutely hate it. But that's not why we're here. We got new owners in NOAA, new direction. Here is the start. This is this is this is the thing. This took place at the beginning of March, so I finally got around to watching it. Uh, what I focused on here was their four title matches: their junior heavyweight tag, their junior title, their tag title, and the big daddy of them all, their GHC heavyweight title so what happened well (sighs) to me it's still very typical noah at the end of the day it's besides their main event matches which are hit and miss uh with me they're always gauntlet matches pretty much They're, they're always very long-standing Uh, you know, 25-plus-minute things, so it's still the same old Noah night in and night out. I didn't see anything different here other than a design change as my cat jumps up onto the table. Bug me, kitty cat. Yeah, I see. But we had Kotaro Suzuki and Ogawa defending the junior tag titles against Hayata and Tadasuke. Uh, I like uh, Hayata. He's got an interesting little gimmick and look to him, but the match only went 11 minutes. It's about as good as a high-speed tag match can be for just over 10 minutes. Sure, why not? What I was really impressed with, though, was the junior heavyweight title match, which was uh, Minoru Tanaka defeating Daisuke Harada to become the new champion. That match went 21 minutes, that was really impressive. I really like what I see out of Harada each and every time I've seen him. Uh, in between this cast, he lost the belt and I guess he gained the back gained the belt back at one point, which I'm not aware of. But Minoru Tanaka is a mainstay. Harada is just solid in the ring constantly. This match is an easy recommendation. I quite liked it. A lot of the junior title matches I've seen... Harada generally doesn't have a good enough opponent for him to go up against, which kind of keeps me disinterested a lot of the times. But Minoru Tanaka, I mean, come on, you're familiar with the name. You're not familiar with the name? Uh, definitely give give him a good Google search. Uh, he's been around the business for quite some time. So, um, interesting enough, the tag title match was the. Tag champs of Go Shiozaki, and Nakajima. Which is an odd pairing, if you ask me. But they were up against another uh, odd pairing of uh, Masa Kitamiya. Eddie Edwards returning to Noah. So maybe this extension with Impact, uh, him coming back to Noah, could be a regular thing going forward. But man, for a 21-minute match... It was slow. Didn't do much for me. Uh, the main dude in this match that came across is Nakajima, Katsuhiko Nakajima. He is the star. This is just Noah's depth, pro- depth problems at the forefront. Still the same issue. Eddie Edwards looks real slow, even worse than he does in Impact. He just can't keep up with the work, work rate of Noah. If he improves the work rate and I guess his cardio, then he could keep up with these guys but right now he just he was just really behind throughout the entire match, yeah, he was still kind of in position most of the time, but it was mostly guys running circles around him. It really reminded me of the days when uh in t n a when a lot of former w w e guys would go to t n a and they'd look like bad wrestlers. Because the TNA guys would just run circles around them all the time. They just had a a harder work rate. They had to work harder to get that crowd. Uh, This is kind of the example I threw here for myself. But the main event was the new champion, Kaito Kiyomiya. This dude, I think he's like 22, 23, he's real young, He's got a good look to him. He's got a good stature about him. He won their Noah's version of the G1 late last year in a surprise victory. We did we did uh, discuss that on the cast. He's defending the title against my oh, man. I love this guy. Now Michi Marufuji, his is sidekicks pump kick uh, like incredible. Marufuji's one of my favorite Japanese wrestlers, uh, definitely of this era. And this 32-minute match was ah, beautiful. If anything, check this match out. This is a testament to Noah at least at the very least pushing new stars to the extent of what they're capable of. I'll give an example of that when we get to All Japan in minute here. Because unlike a few other Noah younglings. They're not ready for the high spotlight for a junior title match. Yeah, maybe tag title match. Sure. GHC heavyweight title match. No, the only man that's acceptable right now is Kiyomiya. This dude is money. Love him. He's the future of the, like he's that kind of caliber of a guy. He is definitely the future. He is a bright one. Uh, I kind of expect him to lose the title fairly quick here uh because of how young he is maybe get him to chase a little bit more regardless the match was absolutely fantastic Fuji looks like he's been healing up uh, a lot of his injuries from 2018 2019 that he was accumulating He looked a lot more fresh in this match adored it but anyways moving on all japan had their dream power series took place over many many days uh, All Japan, my, my guys, you got, you got some things to work out here. Because I watched day one, just watched the two main tag matches to see more of the young talent that All Japan's bringing up. They had a couple tag matches, and then day six was the triple crown title match of Kento Miyahara and uh, Naoya Nomura. So the first tag match was Jake Lee and Koji Iwamoto. Their tag names, the uh, sweeper, sure, versus Kotaro Suzuki and Tako Omori. And the main event was Dylan James and Nomura versus Next Stream, Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi. This crowd was just mostly dead the entire time through these two matches I was watching. Just not much hype behind anyone other than Kento Miyahara. You remember last year on this cast, Kento Miyahara. I, I, the whole reason why I started watching All Japan again was to just watch Kento Miyahara. There's no exception. Whatever this guy does, it is like he bleeds money. He bleeds charisma. He bleeds work rate right in the ring. He is a 31-year-old smaller Tanahashi. He's that damn good. It's it's no joke that when Day6 rolled around, he had to defend his title, the Ace of All Japan, against this young dude Nomura. Sure, the crowd was behind Nomura in this match, but I think it's because it was a triple triple crown title match, young guy against the Ace. Match went basically 29 minutes. To me, it was Miyahara wrestling a broomstick. It was still really good in a lot of ways because Nomura does play his role of a beat-up babyface character and makes a few comebacks, but... It was really just Miyahara doing a good chunk of the work. It just it's just a testament to his wrestling skill and where he stands in the company above all else. In a lot of ways you could compare the current state of All Japan to an infantile post Inoki state of New Japan, where they're just they just have a few aces up their sleeves. Pun and totally intent. And they're, they're just breeding their crop of wrestlers. They're trying to sign guys. This is the kind of feeling I'm getting from all Japan. Well, Noah is... Yeah, they've stagnated in depth quite a lot. They've lost a lot of wrestlers. Important to their promotion. So we'll see what happens there. But Dragon Gate is a good example of a promotion that lost guys. They've developed young talent and showcased them properly. So pretty cool. So that's all Japan. I don't think I'll be checking no one All Japan out. Recently I might check out All Japan's Champion Carnival finals match. That's always that's always good. Remember last year it was Miyahara and Marufuji just fucking tore the house down. So, anyways, uh I think it's time I play the Wrestler Spotlight drop.
1: The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever
0: will be. it's definitely no joke. One of the best there ever was was Harley Race. and I was thinking about this doing the retro reviews, uh, some titles that i'm there was a little Twitter thing that went went on about a month ago or two months ago, even. like what's your favorite titles? and what do I what do I think of, of favorite titles? Well, my favorite titles consist of like some European titles, uh the WWF early 90s white intercontinental belt, um currently the IWGP title. But when it comes to history of titles, I saw a documentary over the NWA United States title. Now known as the WWE US title. Very circumstances. There's a long history there. And up until 2000, I, for this podcast, would love to just go down the list of all of the NWA US champions. Just one by one. And Harley Race was the first... Uh, NWA U.S. Champion via um, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling uh, through Jim Crockett Promotions out in Tallahassee, Florida. Carly Race was what we would call the workhorse of the industry. You know, he only had really one big heavyweight title to his name. You know, think of him like a modern-day... Benoit, Jericho, Eddie Guerrero—where they were always in the middle of the card, but stole wrestling fans' hearts and gained tons of respect in the back and just in the business in general. That's who Harley Race was. And, you know, he's still alive, so we can <laughs> we can uh, get get further to the point uh, normally than what we always do. So. Um, for his first few years of the career, uh, I think he started in like 65, AWA type stuff. He made his big break in the early 70s, which was the, um, U.S. title, right? The mid-70s. Finally came to be. He had a few good, uh, few good rivalries in there, uh, via, um, Dick the Bruiser, I believe. Um, let's see. Uh, Vern Gagne was in there. Bill Watts for sure. Uh, and and eventually started wrestling Kurt Hennig, aka Mr. Perfect. However you wanna however you wanna um, cast it, he was definitely tag partners with Mr. Perfect. I believe they had a uh, quite an interesting tandem out on the West Coast, if memory serves. Let's talk about the U.S. title here because that's what he's most known for with first ever US champion, always recognized. And uh so he would constantly showcase this title off, right? It all started when he went to um Texas and faced uh Jack Briscoe. And he ended up losing the U.S. title there, and, and for some reason he just became part of Super Fandom there, and uh, always was a championship contender after that, and I use the word contender uh, purposely. <clears throat> so, uh, he did win it one time, you know, like Jericho won the WWE title one time, but he's mostly an intercontinental champion, say, while Harley Race is very much in that in that standing, you know, uh, Race had just amazing feuds. He he uh in 78 he body slammed Andre the Giant. He had a great feud with uh Jim Duggan, Hulk Hogan. You know, the list goes on. Like no matter who was in the ring with him, he always tried to make make these guys look like a million dollars. Right? And where I'm familiar with Harley Race the most when he went was when he was uh I, I did see an old WrestleMania video of him against Junkyard Dog. We all know Junkyard Dog, or I hope you know, was not a good worker. He was very over with the crowd. They did book him right. He just... The, the matches were really off a lot of the times. Let's let's be honest here. Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, all part of the era. Fantastic stuff. Now... Where Harley Race lost me as a fan, like when I, when looking back on his career, like holy shit, 70s, 80s, hell yeah. But that's not, like, he wasn't NWA U.S. title in the 80s. 70s guy, right? The 80s was Who McDaniel, another guy who we've talked about on this cast. So he'll, he'll be a dude that were, that we'll be skipping. But Harley Race, being the big worker, I believe, I believe if memory serves, he was the guy that innovated the uh, top rope headbutt, which he regrets to this day because it causes a lot of concussion syndromes. Belly to belly suplex, I believe, was from Harley Race. He brought a lot of wrestling skill to the ring, which made it g- give, give the sport of wrestling or wrestling entertainment a sense of realism to it. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. He had he had a a flair and charisma to his character. Now, where he lost me was when I would I would look back on tapes for all for the WWF stuff because he had a very short lived career there, about four or five years. And then he was a manager in WCW when he would when he would just make kind of essentially random appearances here and there. Uh, I believe he was, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, exactly. He was the, um, manager of Big Van Vader when he was in WCW. That's where uh, I believe we must have mentioned that on the cast when we talked about, but in WWF in the late eighties, uh, everyone needed a gimmick. That was the thing. And his gimmick was, uh, he won the King of the ring. So he was King Harley race and, uh, funny skits and segments of wrestlers always stealing his king gear so to say and then the gimmick was if he pinned you you'd have to kind of get down on your hands and knees and kiss his boots or acknowledge him kind of deal uh, heenan was always involved as well uh, bobby the brain heenan was part of his man it was a it was a good tandem now <sighs> he did suffer injuries the uh um, stomach injury through bad table spots. I think the most notable was when uh, he meant to go get go hit Hogan sometime in the late '80s, and he ended up getting a hernia because he went too hard into the bar or something. And we know these guys way back then; they they just went stiff all the time. But he never he he had you know it might seem like Harley Race had a short career. But in reality, when he starting in the late 60s and he went all the way into the until about 91-92. That's a long career. And I I feel like a lot of it is lost to time. Kind of like the whole Wahoo McDaniel, if you weren't a regional wrestling fan, you missed out on Harley Race. It's it's just like word of mouth. I do recommend uh going to things like Google and YouTube and looking up Harley Race. Uh, In NWA, seemingly giving Flair the okay, you know, you're taking my spotlight kind of deal, Then you're the next guy. Uh, I don't recommend the Junkyard Dog match at WrestleMania 3. That's no, that's, that, that is no bueno. Uh, But I do recommend kind of the Terry Funk uh, era. Johnny Valentine for sure, lots of hard hitting, um... And some of some of his uh, some of his WWF skits with Duggan, I mentioned that before, of Duggan stealing his robe and stuff, is it's quite funny. But if you want to see more of what Harley Race wanted to do, like was as a wrestler, then check out the NWA library. Uh, you you really can't go wrong because um, I'm sure there's a lot of just big wrestlers that Harley Race was part of. So. I hope you guys learned something. Uh, it was it was definitely cool. I watched a few matches myself. Uh, that's gonna move us along into our next segment, which is weekly wrestling recap. Weekly Wrestling Recap, episode 49 and 50, March 17th and 24th of Major League Wrestling, MLW, that you can watch over on YouTube for free. Wrestling takes place on Sundays now, Sunday afternoons. And 49 started off pretty hot with Puma King versus El Hijo de la Parque with Mance Warner on commentary. Because, as we know from the previous week... Mance Warner s- spilled some light beer on Zelina de la Renta and she. That led to one thing or another. We got Mance Warner on commentary. Decent little Lucha hardcore style match. Was not a fan of Mans Manser on commentary here. He's basically just saying his three catchphrases over and over again. He's not a fan. What the hell is he doing kind of deal? Why is he even there? Well, we know why he was there, because eventually uh Heel park this is this is like wcw 2000 type booking here it just it just went off the rails Heel park has the match won but for some reason decides i don't want to win the match anymore i go through all this rigmarole to beat down puma king and then i go look over get out of the ring spit on mance warner and expect nothing to happen what the what the f? Of course, Manser's not gonna have it. For some reason, it's not a DQ as Manser like hits him over the head with a chair or something. Then tosses him in the ring. Puma King gets the win. What? The? It, like I I I'm I'm a big I'm becoming a big fan of MLW, but this weird ass end of match booking has to stop. <laughs> it's so bizarre. We had the cage match between Lawler and Loki where they're just like on the edge of the cage for a freaking century now we have this where the guy has the match one he just goes yeah you know what now I don't care about this match I'm gonna go spit on this dude like please all right couple tag title match promos from uh the New Heart Foundation who from this day forward I will be referring to as H2 and then we got another promo from MJF and Holiday so kind of Highlighting their new tag team Alliance deal of the Dynasty. Then we get Agmet, debuting Contra unit, Fatu Samael, where they legit attempt murder in the ring. <laughs> they get DQ'd, of course. Fatu hook spikes one guy and splashes him. Samael. And I'm not joking you. I wouldn't fib you guys. He shoots flames out of his hand like a freaking magician Arabic genie. Just, here's my flame trick. The dude sells the piss out of, like, like, his face has been horribly burned. And what gets even just more crazy is Samael and Fatou stay in the ring. Trying to get get legit heat from the fans. Like, they're throwing water bottles on them. They're spraying them with water. They're swearing at them. Just antagonizing the fans to throw food and drinks in the ring at them. Just to try and get all that heat. Like, old WCW, NWO, you know, fucking up a main event, week in and week out kind of heat. But, this is legit hate. Not annoyance hate. Pretty... It was pretty gnarly. It was pretty gnarly. It was rad. I tell you. Then we get a pretty decent main event of H2, the team of Smith Jr. and Teddy Hart versus Dynasty members MJF and, and Holiday. Teddy Hart's injured ribs from the prior beatdown was sold quite nicely, I must say. But yeah, at one point, Teddy fucking pukes in the middle of the ring. Because his ribs were worked so bad, he can't breathe right, and then he tags out. It's a ridiculous spot, and yet I loved it. <laughs> uh, I guess it brings realism to it, but it was, it, you know, there are some things where they go over the edge, and you're like, why did he do that? Was that really necessary? Why not? Why not? Was that not necessary? You can get that double entendre for you. Double negative. And as a post-match beatdown is happening, Mr. Hammerstone, big Hammerstone, hits the ring at the end of the match and causes the DQ. If we remember from a backstage promo segment form, I'm pretty sure a couple weeks back, he was on the phone saying, quote, Oh dynasty I like that name. And he kind of looks back at the camera. That's good Backstage segments. Spoke on I uh, spoke about Impact where you saw Willie Mac and Chris Brothers kind of hanging out backstage and nothing happened with that. This was they set something up and it meant something. All you had to do was pay attention. Great. So nice consistent storytelling there. MJF's faction grows to three He's a big deal, guys. Better than you. You know it. <laughs> episode 15 March 24th starts off with Teddy Hart being arrested for vandalizing MJF's car allegedly and really just goofy spots of Teddy Hart taking his fanny pack busts out a big ass stack of cash hands it to David Boy Smith Jr takes all of his necklaces off he's looking at the officer no I'm complying officer as he doesn't like do anything to comply (laughs) And then he then he walks off and Pillman Jr. comes up from the side. He's like, Where's Teddy? Where's he go? No, Teddy, come back. Ah oh no. <laughs> Just really, really awkwardly bad yet hilarious, terrible acting. <laughs> MJF and Holiday are now standing by, gloating in his arrest. Pillman wants hammerstone in a match later for vengeance oh god that's not gonna happen. well first match is myron reed finally off to the first match in episode 50 myron reed versus gringo loco it was quite fun not anything but a fun match couple botches here and there crowd was into it gringo loco actually gets the win via yeah, a spinal tap pretty sick finishing move we got more segments here. MJF backstage gloating about Teddy Hart's mugshot after being arrested and talks shit on Calgary unintentionally. He goes, We're going to go to Canada, hang out in Calgary, you know, have a good time. And Holiday's like, What are you talking about? Calgary sucks ass. MJF says, Oh, yeah, forgot, kind of deal. We got more hyping up battle riot packages with various wrestlers. Fun. Get a contra unit hype promo on how they are taking over and killing people. And now time for Hammerstone with the MJF and Holiday versus Pillman Jr. with no friends. And once you know it, the no friends plays a big role because Pillman loses. Candidly. <laughs> and that's it. That was MLW. A couple good shows with with a with at least one week segment in each. So MLW is keeping my attention from now. I am very excited for what they do with Contra Unit in the future. Oh, oh excuse me. Long day at work. That hit me. And uh where this dynasty and uh H2 Rivalry gonna head. So tough. With that. Now on to something that I don't have much to talk about at all. The impact. Impact wrestling. You know, I've given them the rope. I've given them the slack. Guys, I'll reveal what I'm doing at the end of the March 22nd show. But first, we got March 15th to go through. Overall, a decent continuation of telling the stories they are telling via the extended TV formula, considering. There's some positive there. Impact has their formula. They're sticking to it. They're not veering away from it. They think this is the safe way to go. I can't really fault them for that. However, you gotta make some fucking interesting TV. Because what I'm seeing here is a failure of that. I still firmly believe all of these stories should have had these twists and conclusions ages ago. Because how cold and just no reaction. The crowd is for everything. It's awful. The crowd is bored. I am bored. So, with that being said, Allie is still crazy, but now with Rosemary. That continues. That's... That was, the undead realm fight thing, that ju- that was just another stepping stone because, of course, it is. Swan and OVE are now feuding, who saw it coming, as Swan has Willie Mack and Dreamer on his side, continuing that. Naturally, I expect Callahan versus Swan for the X Division title. Swan wins because... Why would you divert from the formula? We'll see what happens from there. Edwards and Drake continue their little tag match uh, winning streak of beating other tag teams via kendo stick spots. Sure, shenanigans ensues. They're kind of helping each other out now. Whatever. Jordan Grace beats Tessa Blanchard fucking clean. Post-match, Blanchard... It was a little crazy and rightfully so because she's been adamant about getting that title match, title match, title match she finally has a number one contender match she blows it, she's pissed she goes fucking apeshit on camera crew ring crew Gail Kim eventually comes out to stop the rampage and what's f- interesting is impact management Scott Demore goes Gail, what the fuck is wrong with you? Gail's like, well sh- look what she's doing He's like, she's a competitor in the ring. We can deal with her and her consequences. You have no business in the ring. Get out. You're suspended indefinitely. Like, oh my god, continuity. Unbelievable. I love it. Tessa Blanchard's little whiny character thing is a little wearing at times, but she gets it done in the ring, and that's what matters. It's over. Fucking Gail Kim still looks like a million dollars against Tessa Blanchard is like the only thing I'm looking forward to Impact Wrestling. Big news is Brian Cage is finally getting uh, Johnny Impact to give him his title match. But what ends up happening is Johnny Impact finally turns heel as does Taya. With Killer cross in tow. Sort of. Kind of looking on. It was all a ploy. His little injured neck thing. And the fusions. And the doctors. And in the match. It was all a ploy. To beat the crap out of Brian Cage. But. That's not what's said. Right? What we understand as the viewers. Is Cage looks like an idiot. Moron. Extraordinaire. He fell hook, line, and sinker into Johnny's plan, as convoluted as it all is in the end. Happened nonetheless. And yet, Johnny Impact looks like a cocky son of a bitch. And as he should. So fine. If this turn happened in, like, the end of January and not mid-March, or mid-January, you know, shortly after Homecoming, totally different Totally different reaction. Totally different crowd reaction. Totally different character development. You know, Johnny has character then at that point. So. What's even better is after Johnny turns heel, takes out Cage. He cinder block chair shots. So a cinder block is posted up against Brian's skull side. Johnny, Impact, chair shots, this, chair shots this to take him out. Got a decent pop from the crowd and a little gasps. Where does Impact take it from here one week later with such a interesting storytelling event? Nowhere. Except one where. Sawyer Fulton, aka Madman Fulton, billed from Ohio, joins OVE. So that's cool. Because Callahan got rolled up by Swan. Swan retained the X Division title at 15 minutes. Sure. OVE's kinda giving me these Raven flock vibes, but less interesting. You know, I do I do love Callahan. And that's all that happened. Just, I mean, Johnny Impact cuts a promo about the fans not believing in him, so it's your atypical heel pro. You didn't believe in me. I don't need you guys. Blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, with my new schedule and Impact not wowing me anymore, I got to drop Impact Boys. But let's be honest. This is probably going to happen anyways. Impact is boring. Like, I can watch things like WCW 2000, some of these things in WWE days, just because they're just so ridiculous, and you just talk about it, and you laugh about it. Impact doesn't even have that going on. So, done. I'm out. Impact's gone. And with that, you will hear me back. In about a couple hours talk about WCW Thunder and the wrestler rankings. Hey, JD is back here yet again with more indie wrestling and I am not alone. I am joined by my good friend, joining me all the way from the SmackDown podcast and the Modern Gaming podcast edition of the Red Leaf Retrocast. Jay, you're back.
1: Hey, man, how's it going?
0: Uh, you're back for more.
1: <laughs> I'm back for more. Oh man, we have we have lots of things to cover. Two Holy freaking shit. tournaments. It, it's crazy.
0: Two tournaments. We're starting off with Stardom, hence the Mayu Iwatani music. Then we got two chapters of progress. Very uh, underwhelming compared to what we've been having lately. Uh, OTT's biggest show of the year happened with a match of the year candidate. WXW mm-hmm. had their biggest event of the year, 16 karat gold, and its tournament involved. And we rounded out up with the New Japan Cup of 2019.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah.
0: Uh, you're here for the best parts, so just starting off really fast with Stardom. I know I've been trying to get UJ to watch a bunch of Stardom, or at least give it a try. You, you know, there's only enough time in the day for uh, so much. Uh, ha- how how much Stardom have you? Were you able to watch the Jungle kiona Momo Watanabe match yet for the white belt? Nope,
1: because your account was being silly.
0: Hmm, I don't think so. I think you're being silly.
1: <laughs> Let's just go to mutual ground here and say something was being silly.
0: My theory is that stardom. That I was, was
1: being silly. That's that's you've already said that.
0: Well, my theory is stardom was in the midst of uh, upgrading their site, which they did fairly recently. So I think like the timing was just off there. But nonetheless, I told
1: you something was being silly.
0: Nonetheless, uh, last we left off. Um, ...was the amazing White Belt Defense show. Definitely go check that one out. And since then, we've been kind of building towards a Night Korokan show at the end of March... ...which just started being pumped out today, in fact. Uh, so we're getting a little bit of a house show vibe here from Stardom. Everything's building towards this night show, so we have a uh, a couple Shinkiba shows... Uh and then their Osaka Day show, aka otherwise known as Grown Ups Grow Up Stars 2019. So a little little highlight on some of the young talent over in Stardom. So Jay, if you don't mind, uh I'm just gonna run through what kind of what happened uh in Rapid Fire. Give give you some know. quick thoughts.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. All right.
0: So uh newcomer, uh Andrus Miyagi, uh from Sendai Girls, that's Mako Satomura's promotion. Uh the big story here is she pinned Momo Watanabe in the Oedo Tai versus Queen que- Queens Quest trio's match. Uh and Momo was not having it. She hadn't lost or gotten pinned in like 9 months, Jay. It's been a right long time. Yeah. So yep. she get she immediately gets on the mic and she's she's n- not happy. She's, she even references how she hasn't been pinned in a very long time that she doesn't even remember the last time. So she wants a revenge shot at Miyagi, whether it's for her title or not. So there's your uh white belt title match set at some point in the future of Miyagi versus Momo Watnabe uh, going for defense number 12, which she's already broken the record. That was at the uh the previous show. So Miyagi's the, the taller, stronger new person in town. So um, very possible that between now and uh, the New York show that I'm going to, which I'm very excited for, we could be looking at a new Wonder of Stardom champion.
1: Are you excited?
0: I am excited. I think, uh, I think Momo uh, has proven herself to be among the new you know, between her and Mayu and Kagetsu being at that top level of stardom, she can move on from the white belt and get get that world of stardom title under her uh under her wing from now on. So I'm very excited for a possible car, which one's that? Is that the red one? Uh the red one is the world of stardom, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh The main event of the Shinkiba show was the high-speed title match. So think of just uh, their cruiserweight title, so to say. It's just nonstop action, no rest holds, that kind of deal. Uh, It was a triple threat match uh, featuring Hazuki, Azumi, AZM, and Konami. uh, Probably, Jay, the best five-minute match one can find in recent times. Really? Yeah. It was just uh, nonstop action. Three hard kicking machines going at each other, followed by just fast pin roll-ups, just rapid fire. And then out of nowhere, Hazuki, Hazuki just pulls a fast one, right? And yep. post-match, she puts a cocky promo out. She's like, Yeah, I knew I knew both of you weren't worthy of my time one-on-one. I got an okay match out of you guys. Uh you know, she's I'm reading behind the words kind of deal. I got an okay match out of you guys when I faced both of you at once, so <laughs> it was very fitting uh, to her character that's being developed and how she doesn't really care about being the high speed champion, but she cares just enough where if she's to lose, she wants to bring the title up a bit, you know, to make it worth her time. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting. Uh, think of like a Naito IC title run. It's like I fucking hate. No, this I was gonna say like
1: Nakamura when he elevated the other one.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. You know, if Hazuki was like chucking the title, not giving a shit, it would fit the character right now.
1: Rides. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, 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 right.
0: It's pretty funny. funny. Um, later in the night, we get a super hilarious uh, Natsu Sumere promo because the 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 story is Oedo Tai wants all the titles in stardom, but Natsu is kind of the Chase Owens of the group, where she always seems to get pinned. But she's also kind of the comic relief of the group right mm-hmm. not 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 as good as everyone else uh, so <laughs> Otai kind of looks at her and she's like, not so you need to kind of challenge for a belt here so she puts on a promo of she can't find a title to challenge for like the uh the rookie belt. She's too old to challenge for that because that's either you need to be a rookie or under. I think it's like twenty years old. Well, she's too old for that, so <laughs> she couldn't do that. She kind of whistles. She's like, mm, I knew that. Uh, how about? Uh, she looks at Utami, the up and comer. She's like, you got all these belts. You're the. She's she's kind of the belt collector of of Stardom and Eve right now. She's like, give me give me one of your belts. <laughs> well, she can't challenge for the Eve title because that's over in Eve. Utami can't really just give out title shots for a belt of a promotion she's not in currently. <laughs> she's like, shit, can't do that. So then she looks over at Miyagi. She's like, come here, come in the ring. Come in the ring. Tag partner. We're going for the tag belts. <laughs> Miyagi's like, I guess, okay. So that's and uh and Momo and Utami, they're the tag champs. They go Uh, I mean, I guess. I guess we'll accept. We've beaten everybody else, so why not? (laughs) I was (laughs) cracking up during this segment. It was so funny.
1: (laughs) So is this Queen's Quest, or...?
0: Uh, Momo and Utami are part of Queen's Quest, yes. Right. Yeah. Natsu and Miyagi are part of Oedo Tai. They're kind of the... um, Kind of a... Imagine... Uh imagine suzuki Goon if they had a comedy act to them as well as their kind of cheating persona you know
1: you know i can i can picture that All yeah. good.
0: uh then we move on to grow up stars 2019 the osaka day show Just a fun teaser mixes of tag matches, really. You get continual hype of various title matches, including Momo's Next Defense uh, versus Miyagi, plus the tag title match with Miyagi's involved in. Um, Interesting enough, Oedo Tai loses their little match as Kagetsu, the World of Stardom Champion, by the way. I haven't seen her pinned in a while. Uh, She gets pinned by the large luchadora Goya Kong, She's just a very large Mexican girl. Um by large I mean in every way up and wide.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Um uh, she she cuts a promo in Spanish. My Spanish is really rusty, but you know the gist is I'm coming for your belt bitch kind of deal and she throws it on her chest and walks away. <laughs> so uh you know if that if that's a match I don't want to see that match in New York personally, but it, or a tour show of stardom in japan i'll be you know i'd watch that i'm being selfish yeah. i want to see something better in- and
1: <laughs> just because you go on the show you just want to be selfish
0: hey, exactly i think I, I think it's my right to be selfish i want to see something good not i i'm not a fan of of large luchadoras to be honest um unless it's uh lady apache she's kind of the exception to the rule just because she has so much charisma in the ring that's my take
1: Is that yeah. the lady that we saw um Triple yeah. play last year
0: yeah that got scalped really bad <laughs> yep yeah uh then the main event trios uh is a trios match stars versus queen que- queen's quest um b Priestley, pinsaki saki kashima um and the interesting story is uh b Priestley used the japanese ocean cyclone suplex for those that don't know, that is uh Manami Toyota's signature move, or one of them at least uh and um Manami Toyota was very upset about it. She even posted to Twitter that uh using the move without her consent is not only dishonoring the move and herself but it's also disrespecting the wrestlers to whom she has handed down handed the move down to because it's kind of a dangerous move in. In a lot of ways, it's it's an electric chair drop and then you just drop backwards via German suplex style. So you can easily like crack someone's neck on if you bend too much to it or the wrestler that that's on your shoulders. They bend too much. So, uh, you know, there's a way uh, the move that that the move was handed down to Tsukasa Fujimoto, who is uh, the ice ribbon mainstay uh, and Ikutu Hidaka. That's those are the two wrestlers. So, uh, I've already seen another post where b Priestley has already used the move a second time, so it's definitely not a um, misunderstanding. I think she just thinks the move is, you know, it's one of the best wrestlers of all time, Manami Toyota, and she just wants to to use her move. Pretty simple. Do you have any thoughts yeah, over I'll... this?
1: No, I don't really know what's going on besides what you have told me, so it's nothing really that I can think about or try to work out in my head, so no... No. Fair might watch the New York show though, if it's if it's good.
0: Uh you should watch the New York show anyways, and then look for me in the audience and my dad, and we're just like we're we're honestly we're probably gonna be pretty trash before we even go to the show.
1: <laughs> I, I picture drunk JD and a father sitting there like, yay, Japanese women! Woo! Hey.
0: Well there I, I did supposedly read that Oedo Tai and Mayui Utani are going to be at G1 Supercard. Which is interesting, because it's going to be New Japan and Japanese women.
1: I think that G1 Supercard's got the Ring of Honor Women's Championship being defended.
0: Supposedly. And um, since Mayu successfully defended it against Killer Kelly... I didn't... Or Killer Kelly. Kelly Klein. She's... Uh, successfully at the anniversary show, which was a good booking decision... <laughs> um I'm not sure who she's going to face. Maybe it's going to be Kagetsu.
1: It says on here again it's Mayi Watani versus Kelly Klein again for the Women of Honor Championship.
0: Oh, God. I don't want to see that.
1: (laughs) They've added a bunch of matches to this card, by the way, like um, friggin' ZSJ versus Ta Nahashi for the British heavyweight title. You've got now.
0: That's not. Confirmed. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it is. is it was confirmed, confirmed, confirmed on Twitter this
1: morning. Yes. Oh, I'm
0: gonna love that match
1: because um, ZSJ was tweeting out about it. Um, then you got like Gorillas of Destiny versus Villain's Prices versus Lij as in Evil and Sonata versus the Briscoes in a ladder war for both tag titles.
0: So it's a four-way ladder war.
1: Correct. You excited? <laughs> you also it? got isn't, to.
0: Isn't it a ladder match for the ladder. Ring of Honor title as well?
1: It's, yeah, it's for both. It's a, it's for both sets of tag titles.
0: I mean, ladder match is my favorite. That just seems kind of weird that we're getting two ladder matches on the same card.
1: You're not getting two ladder matches on the same card.
0: You just said there's a ladder war for the tag titles. Yeah,
1: it's a, yeah, a ladder war for the tag titles. Like, it's both IWGP and ROH tag titles are online.
0: Yeah, I know, but the Ring of Honor title itself, Jay Lethal, Matt Taven, and Skrull are also in a ladder match.
1: I don't know. just says... Yeah, oh hold on. When it takes no, it's not a ladder war. My bad, I thought it was.
0: Okay, so It was just a no, fatal so just a four way ladder or a fatal four way tag title match.
1: Correct, and then, then you've board. also got a um, Naito Ibushi for the IC Title. Is that
0: confirmed
1: too? Yes, it was.
0: And that's going to be a very large a card. Very large card.
1: He has like twelve matches or thirteen on that already. Yeah. Uh, no, it's 11. So you've got um. Just to run through the card quickly, you've got the Honor Rumble if you care about that. Uh, Osprey Cobb uh, title versus title. Rush and Dalton Castle. Uh, Iwatani versus Kill. Uh, yeah, Kelly Klein. Uh, Bully Ray versus to be announced. Right. The junior title match: Ishimori, Dragon Lee, and Bandito. Oh, uh The oh, featherweight. Oh, oh. The featherweight <laughs> attack match: uh, ZSJ versus Tanahashi oh, for oh. the British <laughs> heavyweight title. Naito Ibushi. Uh, Lethal Skull, Taven, in a line of match, and... Jay White versus the winner of the New Japan Cup.
0: Which we'll get to later in the show here.
1: That's why I didn't say who it was. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Link, yeah. Link. Stick around, we'll tell you all about it.
0: Yeah. Well, alright. Well, um, alright. Get there. Okay. Jay, you have an echo on your end again.
1: <sighs> well, I can't turn you down any further, because if I do, I won't be able to hear you.
0: Well, well, I guess we'll just go with it, see what happens. Okay. Okay. Well, quick drop here, and we can move on to progress wrestling. Oh, uh, where. Is... Where's my drop, Jay?
1: I don't know, man. Where's your drop?
0: Oh, no. There it is.
1: I'll make a drop. <laughs> Haven't done it yet.
0: All righty, we got Progress Wrestling. We got Chapter eighty five progonaut Chapter eighty six Corrupted Harmony. Uh, just you know, when you when you watch the shows and go through the card, what was your reaction or thoughts over both cards? These
1: okay. shows are literally just pretty much filling in time until Super Strong Style sixteen and Bread Knife.
0: Yeah, really no doubt about that one. Uh, The main events of both shows were good. There's a couple good matches in there uh, mixed in. You know, I'm not saying they're horrible cards, but they they really gave off that filler kind of vibe. They weren't, to me, uh, this is where progress kind of lacks a lot of the times, is there's not enough substance behind the wrestling.
1: Yeah, like, but even a bad progress card—like, not saying there's bad cards, but like even an average progress card is still fun to watch.
0: Yeah, well, you're not overexposed to the wrestlers on a weekly basis. This is a monthly Unless basis. Unless Eddie Dennis,
1: because screw it's Eddie Dennis. Dennis,
0: yeah, he's a good promo, but his wrestling style just doesn't do anything for me. I feel like
1: he's just I, tall.
0: Yeah, I feel like with the exception of what we saw out of him last year, because he was just doing promos, then we finally got to see him in the ring at uh, Wembley uh, in that TLC match against um, Mark Andrews. Like All of those promos came culminated together, it had a good story. I think that's the best we're ever gonna see of Eddie Dennis, personally.
1: Yeah, what do you think he uses his guaranteed match on?
0: post super strong style 16 whoever wins that match whether it's Walter or the winner just to get heat i don't know he's a baby face all of a sudden it's really weird to the point that even the heels of progress are calling him out on it like why are you fans cheering for this asshole all of a sudden it makes no sense so
1: (laughs) yeah I, i don't get it either
0: yeah so we're both we're both in in the same boat on Eddie Dennis, but let's just go through Progonaut really quick. Uh, just some of the highlights here: uh, DJZ beats ELP for a spot in Super Strong Style 16. So I'm sad to see ELP lose. Uh, for those that don't know, ELP is El Phantasmo. Uh, who's new member of Bullet Club, by the way? Over in New yeah, Japan. Yeah,
1: he's got bigger things on the horizon.
0: He's got bigger things. So progress is like in the back of his head. He's just kind of here for a couple shows. But DJZ, um, apparently signed an XT contract. So, eh. <laughs> eh, his honestly, uh, sure he his his light up light up gear gimmick coming to the ring. Was before Mustafa Ali, who's now just known as Ali, which is <laughs> hilarious. Uh, way to way to devalue a wrestler immediately. But anyways, um, he's just gonna come come across as a dude that's that's just copying the guy on the main roster, you know. Even though he was first.
1: Yeah, but he was good in Impact, if we're I'm not mistaken.
0: He's very good in Impact. Just Impact it has gone the wayside, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that the United We Stand show is decent. It's like got a bunch of different promotions on there, so fingers crossed.
0: That will be, be- I it's th- Your bold statement, Jay, you ready for this? All right, go ahead. The United We Stand Impact show is going to be Impact's best show of 2019.
1: Well, let's put money on that. Dollar and a beer? <laughs> Dollar and a beer. Let's do it. Dollar and a beer. All right. But then, like, their best show could be, um, like, personally, like, you could say it's their best show, but I could think, like, something else is their best show. Because I can tell you one thing right now it's definitely not Homecoming.
0: No, it's not going to be. It's not, and it's not going to be Rebellion, which is coming up. Uh, I mean, Bound for Glory.
1: We'll see. Maybe Slammiversary.
0: Slammiversary was easily their best show last year. I think that's non debatable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh but anyways, yeah, DJZ gets a spot in Super Strong Style 16, as does Jordan Devlin, who beat Evolve champion Austin Theory, Mr. Loser of the Weekend. Evolve champion Austin Theory.
1: Give <laughs> yeah, it, dude, it's the Evolve title.
0: Well, I think that speaks more to the more to the state of Evolve and the Evolve title at this point.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: It's it's l- until
1: he shows up in NXT.
0: Um, I give it six months.
1: I long to evolve, just fold into NXT.
0: I have been waiting for WWE, or at least Triple H, to buy Evolve for the past, like, a year and a half.
1: And then he can have a fade system for NXT, so he's got Evolve, and then he's got his NXT.
0: Exactly, and Evolve can just be the little house show circuit to increase uh, ways to utilize the wrestlers, which they're kind of doing already, and that's... It's it's no secret that Evolve ticket prices and interest in that promotion have gone down.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I
0: went to their recent Evolve show. Uh, you know, I got to see Velveteen Dream. He's cool, he's super over, but like when you're seeing this is this is the vibe of the audience, and it's very clear. You pop for Velveteen Dream, because he's the big deal, right? But now yep. that all the evolve mainstays who aren't going to NXT or want to be in NXT or have that word into NXT right now, they all left. Right, all of those like Chris Dickinson, uh, LAX, um, uh, do, 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 uh I guess our Dar- Al- uh Darby Allen's still there. Darby Allen, but. I get. Um, who else, who else, who else, there's one other guy uh, Tracy Williams Tracy Williams was like really outspoken in his disdain for how Evolve was treating their mainstays like if you, if you don't want to buy into the NXT hope that you're just not going to be on the card so a lot of those guys were kind of they, they were booted out slash left so Evolve is in a bad state right now Be in this NXT feeder group because all you're seeing is the guys like not good enough to be on NXT TV that are treated as not big deals, um, but yet they get over the Evolve guys. So take that yeah yeah. Got a little Evolve tangent there, but yeah, Devlin wins. Um, Millie McKenzie earns her spot in the Fatal Four Way match at Strong Style 16. That's that's becoming a um a little annual thing. At Strong Style 16, there's a Fatal 4-Way match for the women's title. I kind of like that. I kind of like a little tradition, you know?
1: Is this when they take the title off of Jordan Grace? I think so. Who do you give it to?
0: Looks like it's going towards Nina Samuels.
1: I don't want it to be Nina Samuels.
0: Well, the story being told with Nina Samuels, you know, breaking away from Ginny and her group, Ginny, uh, as we saw 86 getting a new member uh, Nina Samuels being the Eve champion there, there's there's something to go off there Jordan Grace isn't a progress mainstay she has been defending the title in the west in North America more to kind of give the title a little, little showcase which is nice that's always a good thing
1: it's a nice looking belt
0: yeah it's nice absolutely so, uh, Ginny does, like, come out mid-match, tries a distraction, then beats up Millie McKenzie with her shoe. I quite like that. Ginny's great. I love Ginny.
1: I mean, Millie is also busy in Japan with Sendai Girls being, the shooting champion. Oh, yeah. Like, Jordan Grace is probably gonna be going after the Impact title here soon.
0: Yes. And yeah, that's, I, uh, I yeah.
1: guess. Uh, maybe it'll be Laura DiMatteo as the other member. I could see them putting it on her or on Nina. I don't know. What we'll this out.
0: We'll see. Uh we had the main event of Haskins Havoc and Eddie Dennis, as they've had issues with Do Not Resuscitate. They were in a trios match. Uh really fun main event.
1: Yeah, it was it was good. It was it was a car crash, and I liked it. <laughs>
0: it was to play car crash. Fucking Jimmy Havoc chucks uh Pastor William Ever off the balcony and then he jumps himself. <laughs>
1: He sure does. But he dropped Eva off backwards, and that was a dangerous spot. Good
0: God. I was like, all right, you made my night, guys. Proganaut was worth it.
1: <laughs> Before I'd even seen that show, I assumed that was going to be a balcony spot because of like some little thing that Progress and Jimmy Havoc were teasing on Twitter. It's like there was yeah. a thing they're saying, like, no balcony dives like in the arena. Yeah. They took a photo of it, and then a sad Jimmy Havoc. <laughs>
0: it was it was definitely easily the highlight of the night um a little story in the match was haskins get the get, gets a quote-unquote arm injury arm shoulder injury uh early so he was he kind of goes to the back Um uh, makes a valiant return only to be the downfall of the group because he he was the weak link dnr sees it They pin him, they get the win. So the heel group gets the win as they kind of take a lot of falls individually, but as a group, they win. So that's kind of their story there. I I quite like that. But to me, the takeaway was definitely uh, in Bournemouth, it was their first one. The place and the architecture was really cool. The balcony dive, I loved it. It all kind of worked together. I hope they go back. I uh, I really liked that place in Bournemouth.
1: Unless they're banned there for doing balcony dives, yeah,
0: they might be banned there <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you ever watch the um the havoc versus Osprey doco?
0: Oh yeah, we did, like there that. was that
1: point in there when, like I was saying with um Osprey's moon salt off the balcony that the dude who owns the electric ballroom was there <laughs> uh, <it> was funny <laughs> also, I mean Osprey had buttered knocked out a goat, so that's something Osprey can
0: knock down a goat something Jimmy havoc let can say he has done.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Jimmy Havoc versus a goat confirmed for Superstar Style 16.
0: Oh, in a death match. <laughs> yes. Jimmy Havoc comes out with a T-Rex inflatable thing next to him. He's like, I got you, goat.
1: <laughs> he comes out as a white man like he did against um Paul Robinson at friggin' The Wembley Show. Oh,
0: the man made of ash.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Chapter 86. Not much to say here, so I'll just go through it really quick. As I mentioned earlier, Jenny introduces a new member a la Casey Owens to her team, um, and they win the trios match. Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins with Vicky Haskins defeat Team White Wolf. Enjoyable.
1: Yes, very, very, very enjoyable. A-Kid is brilliant.
0: I, 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 lo- I love A-Kid. Uh, Ro- uh, Carlo- Carlos Romo is getting uh, better. Um, you know, he's rough at times. He's still young. He's developing. He's more the high flyer of the two, while well, a kid is very technical and grounded. So they complement each other well. Uh, they clearly have chemistry together. It's just, you know, working out the kinks here and there. They're getting way better. Super strong cell 16 qualifying match yet again. Chris Ridgeway defeats Spike Trevay. So this is the whole DNR can't win individually. As a group, they can. So two things here i want to say super strong style looking stacked more and more with guys like uh travis banks uh djz jordan devlin and now ridgeway definitely in it this thing's looking good jay
1: it is it's looking great but Uh, is it too soon yeah is it too soon in my life for another tournament these are questions that will be answered in may no because it's two months away (laughs) well i'll be the judge of this
0: so here's a thought here's a question are you familiar with william evers new little gimmick where he has a mic and as the music's playing he kind of yells into it and swallows it really bad so you can't understand what he's saying
1: i'm familiar with that gimmick but no i don't understand what he's talking about
0: this whole thing is lost in me. I don't hate it, I don't love it, I'm just kind of qu- scratching my head going, why are you doing
1: this? Because it's annoying and he's getting hate. See?
0: I can't tell.
1: Is it him or is it the group that's getting hate?
0: It's definitely not him. It might be the group, but this whole entrance thing is supposed to get heat. It's just not coming cro- coming across as that to me at
1: all. Well, it'd be helpful if we could understand what he was saying.
0: I just want to mute more than anything. So I just click the mute. Because it's just coming across as... Rrr, 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 all the time.
1: Imagine if William Ava... We could understand him. Mm-hmm. Right? And then would it be better.
0: I, so, take Zach, Zach Gibson's uh, entrance. And, you know, he grabs the mic. And people boo him... So, you don't understand him, right?
1: If you hate Gibson, take your shoes off.
0: In this William Eaver stuff he's doing, because the entrance music's playing so loud and he's swallowing the mic, just don't. You don't get any reaction from the audience. The viewer gets, like, absolutely nothing out of it. It just sounds like garbled noise. Like, nothing's enjoyable about it or even a way to get heat Uh, it's very it's a very flawed idea so uh i say stop it (laughs) fair enough uh non-title match trent7 defeats austin theory uh i did like how austin theory was doing his whole interrupting smallman in his intro constantly making him seem like a big deal and Trent Seven just takes the mic and he just goes you are so American (laughs) yep please please I get it I get it you you, great body though (laughs) yep that was good uh and Trent Seven um pulls off a decent kind of one-liner promo where he goes look I got the biggest match of my career coming up you're the evolved champion. He kind of gives he he gives credit to the champion, right? He goes, "Look. Biggest biggest match of my career coming up, unifying the titles here, Strong Style 16 day 2. I'm not risking my title against someone of your caliber, sorry mate. But we can have a match and see what happens, right? So kind of that kind of hints like if you beat me now, future title shot yours, kind of deal, right? Yep. Well, Needless to say, Trent Seven still beats Austin Theory, so it didn't matter in the end.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Shout uh, out to evolve.
0: It's... would I think I would... I think, with that promo, I think Austin Theory should have gone over here.
1: Yeah, but you need to make Trent look strong so that if or when he loses or beats Walter, um, yeah, it'll mean something.
0: Well, here's the thing. Let's say Trent Seven loses here, uh, whether he beats Volter or not at Strong Style Sixteen, that gives Theory carte Blanche to be number one contender first, right?
1: Or right.
0: Uh, for Volter, or uh, he's number one. He's immediately number one contender for Seven because he's beaten him and he's the most recent guy to beat him. I you know it, and and Seven. Coming out with this promo saying I can't risk this because you're a good wrestler. If he gets beaten, I don't think it. I don't think it decredits Seven as much as it elevates Theory, because Seven has gone on this open challenge thing and beaten countless guys already. You know, one loss wouldn't totally hurt the guy.
1: Yeah, but like it's. Um, hmm. I I still think you need to build him up for Walter.
0: Mm, I think, well, if you're going to do that, I think he needs better opponents than Austin Theory at that point.
1: (laughs) Once again, shout out to Evolve.
0: Uh, Then we had a six-man tag match, uh, trios match, uh, under luchador rules, lucha rules. So guy rolls out the ring, uh, another guy comes in, and he's now legal. That's the whole thing. Uh, Newly formed or back together, however you want to put it, South Pacific Power Trip Niwa. who I've seen in CML every now and again. Uh, but now he's in progress. With TK Cooper and Travis Banks, they defeat the very fun team of Helico and ELP and Jordan Devlin. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. ELP and Angelico? God damn, that's a uh that's a match made in heaven.
1: Would you like to see them go after the tag titles?
0: I want to see them tag as much as possible. <laughs> I
1: don't but care ALP how? Adds bigger things on the horizon. I don't
0: care where. On Helico and ELP need to be a team. They ha- their, their gimmicks complement each other, their styles complement each other. Hell, I even think they look a little alike.
1: <laughs> so, what you're trying to say is, and Helico is ALP's dad.
0: Who's older? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I i think alp um yeah, LP is younger than friggin yeah than helico really
0: you know the match was a little sloppy uh the end was really bad how the match ended the crowd just kind of died and then the then the show shows over spp wins
1: spp, SPP wins was the match kind of sloppy? sloppy? I feel like it was kind of sloppy. Yeah.
0: They tried a okay. lot of they tried a, they tried a lot of lucha stuff, but they kind of flopped around and missed each other. A lot of miscommunication. Uh, just not used to each other at all. Especially Niwa. because he's, he's just worked with all these luchadors. And yeah, I mean, and Helico and ELP, they have that background. Sure. They're just unfamiliar with each other. That's what that's what it came across. It's your. It's a good example of this is not highly practiced promotion that they do only get you know they're one or two times a month to go against each other.
1: So, Fair enough. Yeah. Did you know that ann Helico was a former shotgun champion?
0: Hmm. I probably forgot that.
1: Yeah, he won it in a match against uh, Emil Sitochi, Phoenix, and Pentagon. Four ways for the win.
0: That would have been back then, yeah. Okay.
1: Then he dropped to David Starr at Shortcut to the Top 2017.
0: Yes, okay. Okay. I know the time. I know exactly the time frame now. Looking for the. Next, drop. We can move on to OTT. I'm having trouble finding it. I thought I had it made. Huh. Well, anyways, I'll just play this one and we can move on. All right, OTT Scrapper Mania 5, the Irish promotion's biggest show of the year, highly anticipated, headlined by Walter the Devlin 2 had this whole Buster Douglas Tyson type build to it, you know, where Volter's just unbeatable, undefeated champion, Devlin is the like the no the, the no-brain local hero kind of situation that you know, one punch can deck the ma- the madman. But before we get to this, we got quite the card to go through.
1: Oh boy, yes we do. Yes we do. So
0: this is your second OTT experience, correct, Jay?
1: Correct. Correct.
0: Okay. What did you think of this card compared to, say, Homecoming?
1: Dude, this card was like, it was, it was, it was a lot better than Homecoming. <laughs>
0: It was a lot better. I mean, there is a reason why it's its biggest show of the year. Uh, not a single match to me. Well, one match disappointed, but all the others delivered on all fronts what they should have been. I loved it. I loved I loved Scrapper Mania 5 more than 4, I will say.
1: What was the of 4?
0: It was... Oh. Was it... I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember. It's been a year.
1: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: I know Minoru Suzuki faced Keith Lee in Scrapmania Four, and I believe. Did we get to basket his glory? We we did bask in his glory, but I think Keith Lee lost, if memory serves.
1: I mean, Suzuki is Suzuki, so I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe we got Riddle against Osprey at four as well. That was really that would have funny. been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was uh, for a long... I, I believe it made my top 10 indie matches of last year. I believe. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, we started off with a four-way tag team match. It was your... what it, it, You know, when I say indie wrestling, where it's just a car crash of moves, just go out and do it. Well, here it is. You had Aussie Open defeating the team of Angelico and Ray Horace against Club Tropicana, which is Aiden Epic and Captain Sexy. I love their gimmick. It's fucking hilarious. And then the besties in the world, uh, Davey Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. Not a fan of that team. Um, Oh, yeah. The theme of Scrapper Mania 5 this this year was Ireland versus the world, or OTT versus... kind of deal.
1: I didn't pick up on that, but now that you mention it, it's true.
0: Yeah, so it was a, a foreigner, essentially, against a local guy, so um kind of playing off the whole every babyface was a promotion original or a local guy or an Irish dude. Or
1: so, Liger.
0: Or Liger, yeah. Well I mean Scotty Davis was the babyface in that but yeah, oh my but god we'll dude, get to like, that match.
1: The, the crowd the crowd love Liger.
0: Jesus Christ. Alright. But yeah Aussie open win. Funny enough they're wearing their black gear. <laughs>
1: yeah deals. the schadenfreude gear
0: schadenfreude gear so i'm very curious as to if that's hinting towards schadenfreude like european nwo invasion going on
1: mm, we'll touch on that a bit too
0: yeah we'll get there when we get to wxw ah! okay ah. six man tag team match more than hype Darren, uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, six-man tag team match. Darren, uh, Kearney, L.J. Cleary, and Nathan Martin, facing the Rapture, which is Charlie Ster- Sterling, Shaw Samuels, and Zach Gibson. So think of like the grizzled young vets, but the Irish version of it, right.
1: Uh, With Gibson.
0: The, yeah. Um. The story here is more than hype. Are on this just crazy losing streak. <laughs> They can't win a match, but they're super over with the crowd because the crowd just want them to win so bad, uh, and they did. They finally fucking won.
1: <laughs> they did. A little they sloppy
0: did. match, but it was fun.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: Yeah. Uh, then we had a four-on-three handicap match. This
1: was ridiculous.
0: Okay, so for those that are unfamiliar. The Angel Cruisers are your comedy tag team, and they are ridiculous. If you remember from our podcast last year talking about Scrap Media 4, this was the one where I was talking to Rad and I go, let me break this down for you. We had a machine gun, AK-47, and a samurai sword break out in this match in which I believe it was Zach Gibson caused Angel Cruz to tap out because he was going to chop off one of the Angel Cruiser's uh, backup dudes, hands off! If he didn't tap out, like that's how the match ended. So there's your setup. Jay, tell me about how this match went down. <laughs> and now it was built.
1: Dude. <laughs> no, no, no! no. You, you do it because you could probably explain it better than I can. Uh, I I suck at explaining things. You know this.
0: All right, so um, every year, or at least every major kind of story built. Uh, revolving around the Angel Cruisers last year, Scrap Mania Five had like an evil GI Joe villain uh, try to blow up the arena where Scrapper Mania was being held, <laughs> the the, uh, the National Arena <laughs> in Dublin. Well, this year it's uh it's that dude's son who's uh mini me essentially, but he's mini Mo, right? <laughs> but it. Uh, before all that goes down, it opens up with Angel Cruz and Be Cool, has the owner of OTT tied up in a chair and they're threatening his ass. <laughs> and then they just fucking shoot him. <laughs> and then Be Cool's just go, or no, Angel, Angel Cruz looks at Be Cool he's like, what the fuck was that? And Be Cool just goes, you wouldn't give us a title shot. <laughs> and they're just like, oh yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> he shows up later in the show it's fine he didn't actually die don't be silly <laughs> well minimo shows up he's going he's going to go uh blow up the arena what uh they 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 get gassed and taken into like james bond style custody in a back room there's this big dude think of like um uh uh jaws from james bond he's going to beat him up well they uh uh, Angel cruisers, best man's best friend that he gets him out of the um, uh, tied behind the chair. Shenanigans go down. Um, funny fight scenes of being of one dude being replaced with an inflatable doll version of themselves, and they just kind of chuck him real hard against the against the against the wall and stuff. At one point, um, the the big dude kicks the dog and makes the. Oh, but it's an inf- it's clearly an inflatable version of the dog <laughs> it cuts to them in the parking lot just running over the inflatable version of Mini Mo acting like they killed him they back over him a couple times they get to the arena and uh, because it's a handicap match who is here to even the odds Jay? Uh, hurricane? Stand back! There's a hurricane coming through <laughs> very fitting
1: <laughs> very fitting
0: needless to say the babyface team wins angel cruisers finally get a win <laughs> dude
1: there's a lawnmower spot in this as well there's a what spot there's a lawnmower spot in this too
0: oh i forgot about that yeah they're on stage and uh i believe it's yeah. be cool gets a lawnmower he, and he runs over rick <laughs> he runs over rick the prick <laughs> he runs over his hand. <laughs> that takes him out. They uh they they tie one of the um I think it was Sammy D to the post with a belt like neck yep. first. So he's like totally out of the equation. <laughs> fucking nuts. The match is less than 10 minutes. It's fucking crazy.
1: <laughs> it's silly. It's so good though.
0: I'm glad that was the only comedy match on the whole show. Like, that, that, that's all the comedy you need, really. <laughs> Small doses, please.
1: Indeed. Indeed. <sighs> Alrighty, next up we had Dan Barry versus David Starr. Yeah. Dude, Dan Barry is back, and he is over an island. Jesus Christ, he is over. Yes, yes, he is. For someone yes, he is.
0: who's as slow in the ring, but smooth as butter... Like, that's all you need. Dan Barry, you know, I'm not a huge Dan Barry fan, but hey, if you're fucking over, you're over, right? Go with it. And Dan Barry's over, over AF, right?
1: Indeed. <laughs> and David Starr- over is, Devlin, but he's still pretty over.
0: Right. And David Starr is the opposite. He is hated AF.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has something to do with him also singing the Foggy Do.
0: Yeah, and for those, that are, yeah, for those that are unfamiliar with The Foggy Dew, that is kind of the song that's synonymous with St. Patrick and St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so much so that when David Starr came out to it, like you could see and hear when the camera panned over the audience, they're just like, oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's giving him the middle finger. Did my Irish accent do anything for you?
1: Uh, a little bit. Are you Irish? Okay.
0: Did my best there.
1: Do, are, uh, are you Irish, my friend? Are you, are you Irish?
0: A little bit Irish at times, yes. <laughs>
1: uh, but a David Starr fucking
0: kills Dan Barry at the
1: end. Yes, he does.
0: Like, good God. Good God.
1: <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Dan Barry.
0: Man. So, uh, David, Dan Barry's o- over, even though he lost. Star gets his heat and credibility. Um... Could be looking at David Starr in the title picture. I think sooner rather than later with s- stuff like this going down.
1: Yeah, so I was thinking that too. Glad you brought that one up. Yeah. What's uh, yeah? But let's let's let's, move, let's, let's let's
0: move on then uh, through the next um, next couple <sighs> matches here, right? Fast. So Mako Satamora defeats Session Marth Martina in a very good women's match. They uh they had a very good hype package behind Session Marth Mar- uh, Mart uh downfall in the cage match from Homecoming Two, uh how she took it personally, how she's pro- she wants to prove that she's not just a joke act. She's she's been improving. She she's gone over to uh like Stardom and Sunday Girls and and improved her craft and beco- and has become a better wrestler. She took uh losing the tag titles as her fault, so it, it really. It really made her credible, you know. And yep, uh, just like a match that we saw later on the card, uh, facing someone of legit credibility and stature in Mako Satomura, like you couldn't hate Mako Satomura. It, it was this gatekeeper role, and um, to me, this match proved two things: that Martina's not a joke, but she still has ways to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Progress are using it recently, and she's silly over there, so you know.
0: But this is OTT. And in in Ireland, Martina is very over. She is incredibly loved. And uh, the story not being over here, I think, is fitting for her character redemption and her being serious. So... I could see a story building off this where Martina racks up a couple wins at um, some big shows over the next few months, and then challenges for the title in the future. I think that's a good build.
1: Mm, she might have a even take it over Raven.
0: Yeah. Um, we had the OTT tag team title six-man match Six? in a loser leaves town match. So interesting, yeah. interesting <laughs> development here.
1: Yeah, because British Sharks all lose and they banish back to NXT.
0: <laughs> well, it's British Songs Well, first of all, it's a six-man tag match, a trios match for the tag titles. So I guess it's like a double Freebirds rule situation, right? Yep. Yeah. The Kings of the North are your tag champs. They're the ones that we saw retain the tag titles in that kind of uh, underwhelming Cage match. Cage the, match, yeah. now never
1: got this disorderly with him.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is interesting, though. Another Loser Leaves Town match where you just assume that the guys signed to WWE, essentially, are just automatically losing. And yet, that's not what we got here, Jay.
1: Yes. It was a very one-sided match as well, wasn't it?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kings of the North just got fucking destroyed out of the building. Like no chance in hell. They did. I, it was. Th- it was. Uh, how long was the match? Uh, it was that's ten minutes. Twelve <sighs> minutes of just British strong style beat the shit out of him. In my eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Tyler has got a new tattoo.
0: Yeah, he's got a new shoulder tattoo now to go along with his uh, his forearm one, forearm and wrist. So here's a question, Jay.
1: Okay. Shoot.
0: And this 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 was this kind of dawned on me once the match was over. So Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate had their farewell match in progress because they've signed. Okay, so less. you've got
1: the same questions I. Have. Why are they here are not in progress?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they had their they, had their they had their farewell match week. at the end of December, right? Slash January. Yeah, at unboxing. At unboxing, um, with the full intention that they're not going to be there for a while. So, if OTT plans on having Dunn and Bate. There in the future.
1: To me, why can't progress?
0: That is the question. So, to me, does this mean that the NXT UK contracts aren't what they seem?
1: I don't know. I want to know. Are there certain? I don't know. Are
0: there certain? Is it because this is Ireland and not the UK that they're allowed to do this?
1: Maybe. That, that's the only. Theory Could they shop I can at WXW then? Because that's part of Europe.
0: Well, I mean, they're they're they they've never been mainstays in Europe. Well, Pete Dunne is one of the longest reigning OTT champions, so. It, I, I really think it's because it's um uh I, this uh, uh Northern Ireland Northern Ireland Or is it just shit my Euro my Euro knowledge is fading me on, all of a sudden but anyways maybe it's because it's not part of the European Union
1: oh uh, no, this okay. whole situation confuses me yeah
0: very interesting I'm, I'm uh, I'll be paying attention to this uh O.T.T women's title match Raven Creed Raven uh, Creed she's real over but has ways to. Ways and ways to grow still. Defeats Debbie Keitel, another um, up and comer with Valkyrie. Six minutes over. Moving on. Uh, Scotty yeah. Davis versus Juice and Thunder Liger. Holy shit! What a dude? Match.
1: This match was crazy, and I loved it. It was just like nonstop action.
0: Like Liger is. Uh, why is he retiring again?
1: <laughs> yeah, you. T- he's how old again?
0: Uh... <laughs> 30?
1: <laughs> 29? 24.
0: God, you'd, you'd never know he's been wrestling that long, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not.
0: The, this, definitely, uh, definitely not. Yeah, Scotty Davis, he wins. Liger puts him over. Fuck yeah, right? Pay attention to Scotty Davis. We we mentioned this on the, on the last cast. When we talked about Homecoming 2, like, Scotty Davis is no joke.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Future OTT champion, I reckon.
0: God, yeah, might not be this year. It's definitely in the future, though.
1: Yeah, it's a real passing of the torch moment here from Lager to Scotty Davis yeah. as well. Scotty Davis, dude, is the savior of Irish wrestling.
0: He's he's on his way to that title for sure. Definitely it's only like of- as well, which is crazy. I say definitely go out of your way to watch this match. Um, and if you like comedy, go out of your way to watch the Angel Cruisers handicap match. <laughs>
1: That's silly. <laughs>
0: and then, naturally, the world title match Devlin v. Walter 2, 21 minutes. What'd you think of this?
1: This match was also awesome, insane, and people should go out of their way to watch it.
0: Epic. I, I also, Walter it. is
1: a kaiju. Just saying that. He certainly is. <laughs> Walter is a kaiju. He's
0: bigger than your average Irishman, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> he sure is. I not uh, exactly called Devlin your average Irishman.
0: He's. He's uh, well-loved. He's the Irish ace, and he proved it here. Balter um, throwing the title down, stepping on it, true heel fashion. He don't give a shit about Ireland or its title to the point where Devlin, whenever he got some momentum, Balter just wanted out. I, I loved the end booking of this match so much. Right?
1: When Walter's trying to escape and everyone like the ghosts of the past come back to haunt.
0: Yeah. They're all blocking yeah. off his his uh various his routes escape of escape. Roots. Uh just for um, Ref refuses
1: to count him out. Ref yeah. refuses to DQ him. Yeah. Yeah. Was, Tried everything he could to get out of there with that title.
0: It was very fitting. Um yeah, it, it's it's a good story of the heel okay. I can compare this very well to how uh Walter took the title from bank, Banks in Progress. Uh, cause Banks was pulling very similar things, right? The difference mm-hmm. being was uh instead of Banks being like cut off by all the people he screwed over the to- over time, that match came off as a little bit flat because there just wasn't Enough substance to it, this one had all the substance in the world, just even in the odds, given Devlin the fair shot uh and you know the whole Buster Douglas downs Tyson and that's how the match ended it was it it matched the package built up for the end. I loved it it's it's a uh it's a top ten non new Japan match of the year for sure,
1: so far, yes, but I mean many weekends coming up, dude.
0: Coming up, we'll
1: see. There's a lot of things on that weekend.
0: Definitely exciting.
1: We shall see. All right. But yeah, you no, know, scrap mania five was very good. Like nothing in there dull at all. Everything was very enjoyable, and the card is definitely worth a watch.
0: Better way to check out some OTT. Uh, something Indeed. I didn't. Something I didn't say. I didn't think I'd say last, I'd year. Say last
1: year. Yeah. Something I didn't think I was going to say after watching that last card, either.
0: Yeah. Alrighty. Up here. Move on to... WFW time. And that, my friends, Lucky Kids music. You'll find out in a second why.
1: Because he is a lucky kid. He's a very, very lucky,
0: lucky, kid. Kid. <laughs> lucky kid. Lucky, lucky
1: kid, kid lucky, lucky kid. Lucky, lucky kid. Lucky na na Oh my god. Lucky, lucky kid, lucky kid. Oh. Yep.
0: So, just want to get this so out of the way. Start- I
1: was going to say, where are we starting? Uh,
0: well, let's just... For, the, for those that don't know what 16 karat gold is, WXW is
1: starters it's not quite as good as 24 karat gold because it's like 8 karat short
0: (laughs) oh please uh so 16 karat gold is uh the biggest show of WXW's uh year calendar right this is their Wrestlemania this is their um Wrestle Kingdom kind of deal it's a three day event uh with a knockout tournament you know New New Japan Cup style uh King of the Ring style segment. And then they have, uh, so Night 1 is all the first round with a big first round matchup that they always make the main event. This year was Volter David Starr, because David Starr's history with the guy and he can't beat him. So, Night 2 is followed by uh, the quarterfinal matches, right? And then they have various, uh, they usually have the shotgun title match, the tag title match. Uh, headlined by the uh, world title match. And there's usually like some thing that happens on day two that gets you talking night three has various uh, tag matches and six man tag matches of people that have been knocked out in the tournament uh, that you get to see more the semifinals and the final is your main event. So there's your background of the three nights. Uh, there was a lot of criticism that came out of the tournament itself and the big one was people that went to the event if you had the general seating in the back uh you had a bitch of a time scene because there it wasn't an elevated uh place right
1: okay here's an idea don't wait for the last minute to buy your tickets or you know don't buy cheap seats
0: uh, well, ironically enough, that's kind of what the um, that's what WXW kind of hinted at <coughs> to people that were complaining being way in the back. They go, look, uh, balcony seats are always an option. You have, if you're shorter or or, or coming, they don't h- hike their tickets up <coughs> like that. Uh, and VIP passes are always an option. You know, I don't blame pr- promotions for saying you should have brought the, you should have brought the VIP pass if you want better seats. Uh, if you can't afford it and you want to go all three nights, you know, obviously you want more bang for your buck. No one likes, uh, bad seatings, but you kind of have to also bite your tongue that if you're going to hold back money, you kind of go- have to go with the consequences. You know, the arena that you're getting into, um, but I, however, I will also say that, uh, with how big 16 karat gold has now become and how, well, these tickets sell with a full arena. Maybe it's time uh, for like night two specifically and maybe night three. You move it to a different location in which more people can uh, can see and get a better experience. And maybe you'll bring back more viewers. I don't know. It's just a thought. I'm sure they've thought of it. There's also some sort of uh, home base situation. You know, it Turbina Hala is is WXW's home. They want their biggest show to be at home. You know, so I see I see the, the bright side of that as well.
1: Yep, 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 yep.
0: Uh I will say I loved the stage setup, the entrance setup. I love that. That was good. Very slick. Uh the, the, the tri-screens, when the guy when the wrestlers are on screen they had you know, they a left side they had one guy, right side the the other with the entrance package videos kind of split between the three screens uh cool stuff look the quality just ceases to amaze me of what wxw puts out so anyways jay i want you to go through night one all the first round matches give me your you saw all three nights i'm very proud of you by the way i know that's a task to take on with your schedule
1: Why, why thank you. But, um, all right, so what have we got? Where is this thing on the list? That's night three, that's night two. Alrighty. so night one, round one match. Axel Dedeck Jr. defeats Marcus Solani, their shotgun champion, in what I would call, sorry, um, I, 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 shut up. Um, yeah, Mario Solani, um, yeah, in a a decent match, uh, two of them put on, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Like, nothing really to talk about. Like, Axel Diddy, Junior moves on. Yep. Yep. Around uh, two sorry, match number two was uh, a very good Lucha Lucha match with Phoenix and Ray Horus. Yep. If you like Lucha matches, check out this. It was yep. very good. So far, Phoenix. I was two
0: for two in my bracket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so Phoenix defeats Ray Horace. Alright, match number three, uh, Shingo, Irie and Chris Brooks. I'm surprised that Brooks got eliminated so early, considering what happens on night two.
0: Oh, we'll definitely get into that. I have a lot to say about that one, but I also had Irie winning because he's been the stay. But yeah, it was fine.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not saying it was a bad match, or anything. I'm just saying I'm surprised, yeah. like, with what they're setting up.
0: Three for three, right. in my bracket. How's your bracket looking?
1: I didn't do a bracket.
0: <gasps> But you were three for three in predictions, I'm sure. well, yeah, you probably had those three guys winning, right?
1: Uh yeah, days where I would have. I didn't have this next one with Lucky Kid and Timothy Thatcher.
0: <laughs> Not based on how the, all the builds were going.
1: No, with Timothy Thatcher like denouncing ring camp for the weekend and just being Thatcher and the video doing package, things for himself. The video packages
0: yeah. uh he's been he's been having the the one uh the same one on road to sixteen carat, just you know, RingConf has been deciding things for themselves. It's time I, Tim Thatcher, think of me. Uh, this is a rematch from the um quarterfinals last year, where uh Thatcher beat Lucky Kid, by the way. I kinda I th- I, I thought I remembered Kid rolling him up last year. I was incorrect. Thatcher Thatcher beat Lucky Kid. Uh so my bracket, Jay, I had Thatcher beating lucky kid again for the rematch and then going on to systematically take out like all of ring Conf. That was my thinking, uh, culminating against Walter. Cause that'll play into how he, uh, rolled up Walter at a previous show. Right. Right. So the story was all there. I was like, okay, we got, we got Tim Thatcher. He's, he's a crowd fucking loves him. Wxw is is his home now. He, he you know he's gonna get the big push. The packages showed he's gonna get a big push. I was fucking wrong, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! He loses immediately to Lucky Kid. Lucky Kid rolls his ass up.
1: <laughs> he's a lucky kid. He's a very lucky kid. <laughs>
0: oh my god! Bracket busted immediately <laughs> on the fourth fucking match. <laughs>
1: A bracket Buster Chase Owens has some competition.
0: God damn it! Oh, yeah, well. it's
1: crazy, isn't it?
0: All right. Well, surely Lucky Kid can't win after that. That'd be silly, right? All right. What well, what well, what was after this match?
1: Night one. Uh, so after this, we had Avalanche and Urn Simmons. and man, didn't Avalanche do such a balcony dive in this match in a Falls Can anyway match?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like five feet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Such a, such a um such a balcony dive. A, I, I don't know, man. But like it 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 eclipsed. The top rope. <laughs> I
0: don't even think it was that high, but it was a Vader bomb off of the uh, the mini balcony in the uh, Turbina Halla uh, in their Falls Count Anywhere match. It was it was it was fine. It, it finished out their little story going around, nice enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did. They they went backstage with Christmas trees.
0: That was really. Funny. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was, it was weird. Like, they were s- fun. Yeren like, <laughs> Simmons just shuts the door on the cameraman.
0: Yeah, and then the cameraman opens <laughs> it, like, where the fuck did they go? I really thought that because they lost sight of him, that we were going to go, like, two matches more into the event, and then they were just going to hit the ring and finish their match later.
1: Ah, uh, like they did at Road to 16 Karat?
0: Yeah, but, inst- but um, Yeren Simmons, like, couldn't get away in a car this time. And then they were gonna, but that yeah, uh, they ended up getting to the ring anyways and finishing finishing the match. So whatever, it was fine.
1: <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. Then we had Pedregon Jr. Uh, beating Mark Davis in a slap heavy match.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, they slapped each other a lot. It was fine. The Pentagon uh, just had that crowd in the palm of his hands all week, all three days. Yeah. Pentagon. was Cerro miedo. Just the, the, the whole crowd was with no denying Pentagon's popularity. <laughs>
1: For sure, for sure. Uh, Ilya Dragunov beats Monster Muscle and Dasuke Sakimoto.
0: Yeah, so... Um, so besides the Lucky Kid match, uh, I was doing fine in my bracket, right? Um, this 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 one confused me uh, because Sekimoto is a former champion, but so is Dragunov. So, so to have this match in the first round, I kind of felt this was a... I don't want to say poor booking decision, but I felt like this would have been better for a for a quarterfinal or, or even semifinal match. You know,
1: Nah, I man, Ilya had bigger things in mind. We'll get to that later.
0: Yeah, we did. I, I, I it <laughs> makes sense with the overall thing, but having two former world champions go at each other in the in the first round, I don't know. It, it it's kind of like that Ibushi Naito situation. You know, you don't want to see either guy go out so early.
1: Well, there's a handful of former champions in this ma- in this tournament, though, dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jern Simmons is a former champion. He went out in the first round as well. Your Shotgun he Team is. champion went out in the first round. He did. Take that for what it's worth. It was still a really good match. I, I absolutely adored, adored uh, Dragunov and Sekimoto.
1: And then, dude, we had the main event of the first night. We had Walter versus David Starr. Question. in a very 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 good match which led to walter doing some very heelish tactics
0: he did he got on his knees and kind of wanted david star he kind of begged him off david Starr's like what the fuck is this
1: <laughs> well, i've got him i'm gonna win whoa hey, what's your question
0: did you have david Starr winning this
1: i did in my head
0: uh i was very torn because i was thinking one of two things I didn't, I didn't have it in the end because I thought the Thatcher run was going to be a real thing, right? So I had David Starr losing. However, if David Starr was to beat Valter, I was like, the only way that's acceptable if he wins 16-karat. So I was like, mm. he went to the finals last year. There's probably a lot more to tell here with Valter. So I'm going to say he doesn't win. It's Thatcher's time. Well, obviously, Thatcher was wrong. So then, when we got to this match, I go, oh, no. (laughs) Is the other half of my bracket going to be busted now? Well, needless (laughs) to say, the finish of this match was utterly brilliant.
1: It was. Walter tapped out. Allegedly. Allegedly, indeed.
0: Because his tap out was, like, signaling to the ref, look at my fucking foot under the rope. (laughs) Indeed it was. Yeah. Um, And David Starr has a meltdown. Right?
1: Indeed he does.
0: Like his mouth's busted open. He's spitting blood on the mat. Uh, Valter just goes out. He's like, yeah, fucking got his ass, right? Kind of playing against what he was saying. Like he doesn't give a shit about David Starr. Well, he gives a shit just enough where he still wants to beat him and win. And Starr just he gets on his hands and knees. There's Valter in the back. Good camera work, by the way. Great work, where Valter is, you know, triumphant on the stage, hands raised in the air, arms in arms in the air, and David Starr is just on his knees looking at the mat like fucking had him, man.
1: He's seething.
0: Just seething. And did you mm-hmm. did you watch long enough to see David Starr interviewed by the English commentary team?
1: Yes, yes, I did. He he swore a lot.
0: He lost his goddamn mind. He started saying <laughs> yeah, he things did. like conspiracy. Uh, Walter tapped out. Uh, Tassi Lo Jung, the ref, uh, was involved. Walter cares. Like he he had a mental breakdown. So and he did. I'm excited where this is
1: going. I don't know, but we shall find out soon. Yeah. On to night two. Killer Kelly and you. Yes, you J D you beat Tony Storm and Wesna. Vesna, yeah. Yeah, in a um just a pretty decent fun opening tag match, get the crowd all excited. <sighs> Following on with sixteen carrot we had Iliad Dragonov versus Pentagon Jr. Uh Pentagon gets eliminated in another slap heavy match.
0: Yeah, that was Pentagon's thing, uh was to sl- go against the people that could chop hard.
1: Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Avalanche defeats Shingo Ida, which surprised me.
0: That surprised me as well. I did not have Avalanche uh, going on uh, this match. So, hell yeah to the big man. Yeah. Oh, I liked it. It was, uh, yeah. Big guy match.
1: Fine. Uh, Julian Pace defeats Chris Brooks and Daisuke Sakimoto and Ray Horace, Uh post-match with a Look there! How um, post match new look with Emil Stochi comes out and beats the hell out of pace. Yeah, we getting really-
0: we are we are, we are ba- you know um I had watched a couple two thousand eight events where uh Emil satochi had the had the jet black hair. He was the heel on un- an un- untamable one, right? Where he would just beat up the young dudes. So we're back to this gimmick and I'm a, I'm a fan of, we haven't seen it in like 10 years. Right. And mm-hmm. it does play into Satoshi over the last year, just kind of being in the background. Uh, all he couldn't get the tag titles won with anybody being a good guy. He had that short little promo segment where he turned Avalanche down. And he's like, I'm out of this. I'm tired of like all these dudes that I grew up with in this promotion being signed to big money contracts. Obviously he's referencing, Walter Dieter Dragonoff um Ale- uh uh Axel Tischer uh Tommy End Zack Saber Yet there's the really the only two guys left are Satoshi and absolute Andy from that from that era right Mhm So um he comes out uh, first of all Julian Plate pace getting the win here was very surprising to me and then Satoshi just, his music hits, and he just kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, so, cool. Wondering where this is going to lead to. I'm all for it. I haven't seen Satoshi relevant in a long time.
1: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, dude, next up we had Walter destroying Pentagon's mask. No, not Pentagon's, uh, Phoenix's mask.
0: Yeah, he bombed him straight out of it <laughs> from the top I saw.
1: I saw Phoenix's face. Did you see Phoenix's face? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, he got he got a um one of the uh WXW crews uh did eventually bring out a spare mask and chuck it to him. It almost looked like a fan threw a uh, a mask in the ring, but I'm pretty sure uh, that's it was. what the
1: commentary said.
0: I'm pretty sure it was one of the crew. But if
1: the uh, commentary said it was a fan, which if, is why I thought it was a fan.
0: If the if a fan did it even better. Kind of added to the match. Yeah. Alter yeah. fucking had him in a choke and then he takes his mask off to Make him tap. Uh, confused. That should be a DQ.
1: <laughs> it's not Lucha Lucha. I, I,
0: I suppose it's not in Mexico or anything. So the, rule, the same rules don't apply. So I, I guess I can get behind that. I'll be more forgiving. Uh, but heel, Valter just moving on. Crazy, right?
1: He's moving on up. Moving on up. What is moving our next match? Up. Moving on up. Our next up, we had Marcel Bartel, Axel Data Jr. versus one lucky kid.
0: Surely. Is Lucky Kid surely, still lucky? Surely Axel Dieter Jr. has this in the bag, right?
1: Once you know what he does, he wins and he moves on to the next round.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, come on. Ring Conf, uh NXT sign guy? Come on. Fuck me! Yeah, lucky Kid wins, lucky wins again! Win again. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs>
1: I don't know, man. It's confusing me.
0: Oh. Uh, like, I popped out of my chair. I'm like, no way.
1: <laughs> I didn't pop out of my chair quite yet, but, um, yeah, it, it surprised me as well. Lucky kids are moving on up, moving on up. Yeah.
0: What do you think of Dieter's uh, style in the ring, by the way?
1: Yeah, it's fine. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't do. He, he's he's smooth. I like it. it. It's fine.
0: Yeah, you think he's a more methodical Zack Sabre Jr.? That's what I take uh, take out of it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. Ah, yeah. uh, this next one,
1: dude. Friggin' when you're rubbing you know together, tornado tag match, three way dance four tag titles. You got Rise defending against JFK and my boys Aussie Open. Mm. Want to walk us through this, my dude?
0: Well, uh, I love how they just straight up said tornado tag match. We don't we don't get a, a lot of those. That way that way the indie style tag match because it just becomes just utter car crash chaos, anyways, right? Yeah, pretty much. So them calling it a tornado tag match just made total sense to me. Uh, it made the match. They're come not going
1: to take the belts off of Rise this soon, are they? Surely, like there was a huge story going into this. Mm,
0: I guess coming off of Back to the Roots, yeah. Uh, and then you know, getting the Rise name and everything. Um, however,
1: surely they're not going to do it.
0: So JFK was on their way to winning the titles and then out comes Chris Brooks rips the ref out of the ring. Aussie Open hits the fidget spinner. For the win, new tag champs, the crowd starts going crazy. They see Chris Brooks come out to help Aussie Open. They're chanting, Schadenfreude. They want it so bad. Out from the back of the trunks, Chris Brooks pulls out the black and white schadenfreude flag, throws it over the ropes. The crowd explodes.
1: It sounds like some people watch Fight Club Pro.
0: Oh my, this has been like a, I I don't know how many months to a year. Uh, Schadenfreude has been a terror group over in the UK in Fight Club Pro. It's been a, a, a faction brewing um if you listen to the last podcast I ta- I I spoke about Schadenfreude and how it's it it became a group consisting uh in-fight club pro um formed from CCK of Chris Brooks and basically all the dudes that weren't signed by NXT UK and NXT slash WWE anti-WWE, right?
1: right? Yeah.
0: And uh they, and they just kicked kicked out Walter from the group because you can't be part of Schadenfreude. You're part of WWE. Who else is part of this group? Lucky Kid and Timothy Thatcher. Ah, interesting stories developing here, right? And what happens post match? Well, Ryze is pissed because there's interference, they lost their titles. Who's in the middle of this? Lucky Kid. Lucky Kid. And what is happening? Ryze wants to beat the shit out of him. Ozzy Open and, and CCK era, uh, Chris Brooks are just like gloating in their faces like, look at my pretty black uh, black and white schadenfreude flag. Lucky Kid's in the middle. Look at my pretty belt. They got the belts, and what is Chris Brooks doing? He's looking at Lucky Kid and backing him over. Come on, we know you're a part of this group. And this is what I like. When, when uh, promotions are self-aware and they treat their fans with respect like they know what's going on already. Right. Yep. They know who Schadenfreude is. They know who's they know who's part of the group, but they also know who's part of their own promotion. So Lucky Kid's right in the middle. Great stuff. We got a story developing here, multiple, in fact. I I love it. Yes. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Schadenfreude on on night three.
1: I did will. Indeed we will. Are Next you excited for Schadenfreude? Lot. I'm not familiar with them, but yeah, dude, I'm just game. From, let's do just this. Just from
0: what you saw here, uh, just on the surface, it looks like a new faction has formed. Are you excited for that?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Let's let's do this. All Need right. to get a shoutout for it show from um, your WXW show. Oh my
0: god, if there's one there, I'm getting it in two seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. You've got my money, you can get me one. Alrighty, so, next up, dude, WXW shotgun title match, Marius Alani defending against a mystery opponent. Ooh, who would this be?
0: Yeah, Karsten Beck. Uh, he was kind of the host of WXW. For those that don't know, Karsten Beck is kind of a WXW legend, mainstay. Um, He comes out and he goes, Alani, I got you opponent. Who comes out? Guy we oh, haven't Walter. seen and fucking... Four years in WXW.
1: Um, it was Alexander. Nope, not Alexander Wolf. It was, um, the, 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 the Alistair Black. <laughs> he hasn't been there for a few years, has he? Uh,
0: two and a half years. Alistair Black hasn't uh, been there. I'm,
1: I'm close. Andy. Totally counts, right? No, nah, we got um, we got Alexander Riff, Wolf Wolf dude. Axel yeah. tischer Axel Tischer, sorry.
0: Axel Tischer, formerly known in WXW. Tischer. Uh, he came out. I can't to speak San- German. He- yeah, it's fine. I- I'm here to correct it uh he came out to the sanity music with his whole sanity gimmick didn't ma- did matter uh, him being introduced as alexander wolf being called alexander wolf the crowd was chanting tisher the whole night
1: <laughs> yeah he had the ring Conf shot on under his sanity gear
0: he did he did he uh former ring Conf member as well um they do acknowledge that later in the or on night 3 anyway.
1: later on night 3 yeah for sure um match was fine uh marius retains.
0: Fair enough. Yep. I really, I really thought they were gonna give it to Wolf. I was so, I was so curious. It really had my uh, disbelief suspended.
1: <laughs> what would you have done if they actually gave it to him? I
0: don't know. I, I mean, I definitely would have popped definitely... because you have this big name coming back.
1: Is the shotgun title beneath him at this point, though?
0: Um. Mm, no, I don't think so.
1: Oh, by the way, I don't know if you realize this too, but um, he has recently passed Bobby Gunn's reign. All on him? Yeah.
0: Dang. Okay. Oh, for uh, combined days, right?
1: Yeah, but this is yeah. his first run with the title, isn't it?
0: I think it's a.
1: I can find out.
0: That's ah, not important. Let's just move on to the main event. Main event?
1: Main event, my boy, Absolute Andy, got screwed. <laughs> Is that how I remember I don't it? like this, Jay. I don't like this. Absolute Andy was wrestling a clean match, and the referee screwed him for no reason at all.
0: No reason, you say?
1: No reason at all. Did you say something I didn't see? Because I've never seen Absolute Andy cheat or be a dick in any kind of way. Oh, he wrestles yeah. everybody with dignity and respect.
0: Yeah, we've uh yeah, you're right. Yep. How dare we? Uh I love the entrances uh, first the of entr-
1: all. Okay, explain why.
0: So, uh Bobby Guns comes out from the side over kind of a uh a uh a bridge, so to say. Um smoke everywhere. He had his eurobeat music playing. He was very fitting uh for his character and, and then uh Andy gets in a fucking cherry picker of all things. <laughs> a la kind of bobby rude (laughs) glorious uh yeah at nxt uh scaffolding the the eagles soaring down from the ceiling kind of deal with his title it was it was it was it was good it was a good little entrance thing um i was a fan of the match uh there was one thing that kind of elephant in the room here is um much of the crowd uh the diehards were trying to replicate the uh infinite crowd chant from tag league the from the Ilya dragon off bobby guns match remember where it was Mm -hmm. uh, it went on for like 17 minutes yeah yeah they were trying they were trying to replicate that and when you only have a chunk of the crowd trying to do it the whole time it it kind of brings it down the match was still very good Got a great pop at the end when uh, when guns won, and with the story being told at the end, which was very fitting. Uh, we were, we've been kind of Jay, you and I have been kind of hinting in at hinting at it for a while. It's like when's Tassilo Young finally gonna just say, Andy, I'm tired of your shit.
1: <laughs> it was here. It may be sad. <laughs> it was
0: here. It finally happened. We were waiting for it. We're just ever since Andy super kicked his ass. Uh, the cheat in a match uh, last year.
1: Yeah, I believe
0: it was at shortcut t- shortcut to the top, or it was the first defense after that. I can't quite remember. Uh, it was against
1: Dragonov, though. I'm pretty sure it was definitely
0: against Dragonov. Um, because yeah. when a second referee came out, Dragunov took him out. <laughs> so it could, it being kind of a yeah, it was good. But um, yeah. Ever since then, uh, Andy's trying to been play. Try, uh, yeah, because the match right after that uh Jung refused to count Andy out and um would take all the weapons away from him then Andy's in his entrances has been trying to be buddy buddy with Jung and Jung's just like rolling his eyes he walks away but I posted a few gifs of it it's really funny and uh sure as shit in this match uh it didn't guns like pump pump punt, punt him in the dick after Andy tried to do some heel weapon shit to him.
1: Oh, yeah, he did he kicked Andy right in the nuts? Yeah, and then yeah. Jung very quickly put his hands over his yeah, eyes right and went as, to the corner. Yeah, right as
0: Jung turned around, that's when Guns punted him, and then Guns just like Andy's cr- like cr- hunched over, looking at him. He's like DQ his ass, <laughs> and Guns is just like, oh, crap, <laughs> what have I done? And then Jung just looks at them both, and he's like, no, I didn't see shit. And he covers his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> i loved it it's so it's like it's 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 an overbooked ending but we get it right
1: (laughs) we do but man my eagle's reign is over
0: uh the eagle the eagle's reign has come to an end uh i don't
1: care what you say man he got screwed and andy's still my world champion
0: technically andy did get screwed and it's uh, the, the the catch style match between the two it was it really reminded me of their shotgun title match from uh, dead end in 2017 which was good uh, this was better in my opinion uh, there was more story here to be told uh, I, I, I was a big fan of the ending I got a big pop and laugh out of it <laughs> and Bobby Guns fucking won he won the big one finally so we got a new new champion good stuff
1: Andy tapped out, yeah. Yeah. But he got screwed. He got screwed.
0: All right, let's go through night three real quick because th- th- this was really fast. And we're we're getting getting a little long here.
1: Are we going to cover all of the stuff, or you just want to talk tournament things?
0: Uh, I mean, it, it's real quick turn. It, it's real quick stuff to go through.
1: All right, lead the way, good sir. All
0: right, uh, Lucky Kid against Ilya Dragunov in semifinals. Surely, Surely he loses
1: to Ilya, doesn't he? He
0: loses to Ilya. <laughs> Nope, Lucky Kid gets another one. Um I didn't like this match too much to be honest because it was a lot of just Ilya beating on Lucky and yelling at him and then Lucky Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Didn't it it but the uh the the roll up sequence and Lucky winning um did still shock me nonetheless. Uh so then after that Yeah, that was crazy. When we had our semifinal match with Valter against Avalanche, I'm like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> Are we going to get lucky kid and avalanche in the finals
1: yeah no no walter walter like cheats just, again I well, just
0: the booking of lucky kid had me suspend my disbelief like there was a chance avalanche could win with the way everything was kind of going down yep. uh but nonetheless walter cheats uh heel fashion beats avalanche moving on so we get lucky kid and walter in the finals later in the night uh six man tag, we had Team Japan against Team uh pseudo team RingConf, basically. Uh we have Sekimoto, Irie, and then Yuki Ishikawa. For those that don't know, he's kind of Timothy Thatcher and a bunch of uh catch wrestling style uh people. Um Yuki Ishikawa has a has a history in WXW and partnership, whether it's yep, Big yep, Japan, yep. etc. They were against um Alexander Wolf, Timothy Thatcher, and Fight Muller. Who's been trying to get had into Alexander Ring Comp? Is Alexander
1: Wolf? I didn't hear you say it. Moving on.
0: Uh, Fight Muller has been trying to get in the Ring Comp for in six months now. So it's that's been a long story. Um, Team Japan gets the uh win, and interesting enough, all of Ring Comp come out to the ring. Uh, Walter Platonic
1: a dick.
0: Dieter and and um. Valter uh, come out. So Thatcher, Wolf, Dieter and Valter in the four corners. Muller's standing in the middle of the ring. They're all looking at him. The crowd's chanting, uh, fight Muller, fight, ring comp. And uh, all of a sudden, Valter kind of playfully puts Muller in a chokehold that made even myself gasp a little bit. Cause I was like, oh shit, are they just going to beat the fuck out of this guy? No, no, they give him a, uh, they give him a ring comp shirt to finally acknowledge Muller is now part of Ring Conf. They all, uh, Wolf, you know, basically being out of the group now and being in WWE, um, who knows for how much longer, let's be honest. It's not like Sanity's been a thing ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. Uh, he kind of heads to the back, and that leaves Thatcher, Muller, Dieter, and Walter all in the ring. Uh, everyone does the Ring behind-the-backs pose uh, towards the hard, cram- hard cam. Then Thatcher just looks at him and he snubs him.
1: What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting with the Schadenfreude thing now, isn't it?
0: My thoughts, exactly. So. Uh, WXW women's title match. Uh, big story here is, you know, the whole friends falling out angle. Simple enough. Uh, heel,
1: I was
0: Tony surprised Storm. that Killer Kelly didn't win. XW man. They're booking. I really thought Killer yeah, Kelly crazy. was going to win too. Just devastated she didn't get it over. Tony Storm wins. Uh, good match. Recommended.
1: Yep. Hot uh, and spicy. Axel Dadia Jr. And Demac versus JFK. The, um,
0: the but, old Hamburg uh, tag team is back together. Dieter Jr. Just a nice little crowd pop. You know. They defeat JFK. Sad to see JFK take take two losses in two days kind of deal.
1: Yep. 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 Yep.
0: For those that don't know uh, and why like it's so over, uh, they're kind of hot and spicy because they're two dashing looking dudes. They come out to this funky little German rendition of the Ghostbusters theme song. Uh, It's pretty funny. Yeah. If you, if you haven't heard it, go to WXW's YouTube page. You can, you can see the whole uh, entrance. The crowd reaction. It's quite funny. Uh they were one of the most over tag teams in WXW's history.
1: Radio. Yep. All six, right, moving on. Six, six man, man. tag, tag. Schadenfreude, Chris Brooks, Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis defeat Lucha Brothers with Ray Horace.
0: Great, great six man tag, man. Great trios, man.
1: It was chaotic. It was it was it was very chaotic. And
0: just to note, Schadenfreude came out to in true like NWO style where the whole arena is black and white playing cck's entrance music it's great <laughs> yeah it
1: was it was good i liked it yeah very good we... match everyone needs to go watch it and, and then, then our finals six day car finals with walter the 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 last ring Conf member standing the last veteran of wxw standing if you will he finally puts the kid in his place sure right no way right. <laughs> you not... know i made walter at wxw what's going on here Like I mean, Lucky Kid clearly doesn't stand a chance. He freaking tapped Walter out.
0: Yeah, he didn't just roll him up. He didn't, you know, hit hit the hit the uh, hit the Shinobi uh, from the corner or slice bread, however you want to call the move. He fucking taps Walter out.
1: Out. What the freak happened to him? Why? why? Something,
0: something. David David Star, Phoenix. No one could get done. Lucky kid
1: wins. He what? wins what? 16, sixteen carat Sixteen carat. It, it's crazy, isn't it?
0: Of all, of all the people that have won this thing, I had Lucky Kid going out in the first round. Like, it's crazy. Like, even every match after that, I was like, he can't win. That's been the theme of as we're talking about this. No way, right? And uh, I loved, I loved the ending, a little bit with Schadenfreude clapping on the stage while while Rise was in the ring celebrating Lucky Kid's 16-carat win?
1: Yeah, it was good. It was good.
0: All the stories shall be told. So, fucking A, Lucky Kid won. Jesus Christ. If anybody, with that stacked bracket, if anybody had Lucky Kid winning this thing, I will call you a liar. <laughs>
1: I had Lucky Kid winning. What are you talking about? You
0: are a liar. <laughs> you can't no prove that. no way you had a You can't win. prove that.
1: I didn't say anything about Lucky Kid going out in the first round either, earlier on this recording at all.
0: <laughs> You're a liar, Jay.
1: <laughs> it's just crazy. It's uh, ridiculous.
0: It's one, of, it's one of the best stories of the year. It's, it's crazy. That's bold-ass booking. Yeah. Very bold. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So... so- let me play for you, Jay, Kazenina r a. And we can just go through the New Japan Cup. It's pretty, I, th- I think it's pretty simple to go through. It's just, this match is good. Let me play it and we can move.
1: Hey, finally.
0: Finally, finally, finally. So, I got the bracket in front of me right now. Uh, where we left off was uh, the final day, so we can wrap this up right quick. Uh, Colt Cabana beats Makabe. Fair enough. Koro Yano yep. beats DBS Jr. Fair enough. Gets him over again. Yep. Satoshi Kojima and Minero Suzuki. Suzuki wins. Good match. Yep. Playing off this whole Kojima Goon, Suzuki Goon uh, history there. Fair enough. Sonata and Goto have a great match. Quite like that one. 20 minutes. Sonata wins. Sonata wins. Yeah, You know, in hindsight, when I made my bracket, I really should have had Sonata going further. Because with the history of Goto and where the direction is going, I should have I should have known better and had Sonata.
1: But the New Japan Cup is Goto's thing. You know that.
0: I, I did, but with... What's happened in the recent history and and the booking? Uh, I think it, I think it was more obvious. Go was going to lose.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Just
0: yeah. Uh. So second round, round two. Ishii Taichi, um, Taichi or Taichi loses in a. I thought the match was too long. It was like it was one of the longer matches of the tournament too. Any three minutes almost.
1: Yeah. You don't need to have Taichi and Ishii go for that long.
0: Nah. Uh, look, luckily she wins.
1: Uh, yeah, luckily Tashi's a wrestling god. We've had yeah. this conversation.
0: You're right, Jay. You're right. Uh, Yoshihashi beats Chase Owens. This irked me quite a lot.
1: Yeah, because they literally just gave Chase whatever juice so that they can set up a US title match for this last night of the tournament, and then as soon as that's done, you can make him lose. Wouldn't well, It made more sense to build him up a little bit more, make him look like a viable scrap for Juice.
0: I very much agree because losing to Yoshihashi here, I think, discredited immediately discredited Chase Owen.
1: Yeah,
0: I didn't. I didn't like this. I thought it depleted Juice Robinson in the end because at first I was like, "Hey, you're building a new star for the U.S. title picture in that area. You're building a new foreign star." I was like, "Okay, I can live with the 24 minute loss." Juice took Chase Owens, right? Yep. But then yep. to immediately lo- immediately lose to Yoshihashi. Of all people, by the way, a guy that I don't give two shits about. I never have. I can't get... no. I don't care what match, who Yoshihashi is up against, I never seem to care or believe he's going to ever go above like a mid-card level. If even that level, right? So... I cha- as soon as Chase Owens lost this match, I immediately changed my mind. And I was like, well, there goes my whole hype and belief for what's going to happen in the future. Didn't care. I was very irked about it. I thought yep. that was poor. Um, Okada against Mikey Nichols? Hey. Mad Mikey. Mad Morky's here. Uh, Okada wins. Yeah, wreck right guy won. Um, Mikey looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, it was fine. Will Osprey beat Lance Archer?
0: That was a good match. Uh, crazy, every, the sequence. Everybody dies. Uh, every, every,
1: <laughs> Archer's
0: music. Everybody dies. <laughs> uh, Osprey doing the Stormbreaker on that, that big of a dude was cool.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Oh.
0: Tanahashi and Taguchi had a real good match. Kind of. Gucci getting on that ankle lock a lot uh, was was some good maneuvers there. Pretty cool for the vets.
1: Indeed. Uh, ZSJ Big Kotori Bushi.
0: tapped him the fuck out.
1: <laughs> once, once he's got his win over Naito, sets up the IC title match. Get him out of there, I guess.
0: Yeah, and that was my bracket busted. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. I love Zack Saber Jr. So, uh, but this was an, this was kind of another situation where you have the champion losing the first round. And then the guy who beat him immediately loses the next match.
1: Yeah, it kind of devaluates the Aussie title a little bit, doesn't it?
0: Mm, this is a situation where I'm okay with it because commentary and the story is Zach has never lost in the New Japan Cup. Uh, and he's a legit threat to everybody. He beat Kota Ibushi last year. Uh, Zach has proven he can beat everybody, you know? So there is credibility there. Yeah. Uh, while yep. in Yoshihashi and Chase Owens' case, no credibility.
1: <laughs> yep, Koka Bay Toriyano, what a comedy match!
0: It was exactly what we all wanted. Let's be honest. It's it's a it's it's a comedy classic. Yep, pure, in yep, pure yep, yep, form. yep, I loved it. They, I, I'm just Sonata glad by... they gave it to us.
1: Yeah, it was Sonata Bay Suzuki.
0: Dude, that was good. This was everything you think these two could do. And they did it well. Um, because I had Goto going forward, which was my foolish decision in hindsight, I had Minoru winning in this. If it was if I if I would have pit like as soon as Sonata went through, I was like, Yeah, he's beating Minoru. That's kind of the history between the two. Sonata's the young young technical guy with a little with the with the high flying elements in, he tends to beat Suzuki.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Ishii beat Yoshihashi in a it was a match.
0: It was a match. I don't care about Yoshihashi. I could get into it. Yoshihashi had some fire in him, which
1: Yep. Okada Rospero was also a match. I, I quite liked Okada Rospero. It was very good. I don't think they stick put on a bad match against each other.
0: Yeah, it's um it's impossible between those two. Not as good as their anniversary match from twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, but um this one was good, nonetheless. Uh, less flippy Osprey, a lot of a lot of a lot more character work in this one, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, Zack Saber Junior. loses his first match in each backup against Tanahashi.
0: This one I had a problem with. This one I had a problem with.
1: Uh, okay, God. what's up?
0: Okay, so we know in the next match we had Sonata Colcabana, and you know Colcabana is not going to win, right? So, with, uh, with Sabre beating Ibushi, right? I think that should have been carte blanche immediately Sabre goes to the finals. Because the end goal is Madison Square Garden, correct? Correct. So, Tanahashi tapped out to Sabre last year. Correct. So, S- Tanahashi losing to Sabre here would be no different. It would be fine. He lost last year. That creates another story, if if anything. And Tanahashi can lose a match. All it does is put someone over, right? Correct. Um. So I had a big problem with uh with how the how the tournament progressed. Now, don't get me wrong. I fucking adored this match. I loved it. It was my. It's in my opinion the second best match of the tournament. Because of how old-school technical it was. There you go. Uh, what what did you think about this booking? Did you have the same issue I did?
1: ta oh, coming off a world title run, dude. So? I'm just saying. It's probably that I, I don't think they quite know yet what they're doing with Okada and White. Uh, if that happens.
0: I think they figured that, that out like six months ago. That was, that was a plan.
1: It wasn't though because um at that stage Omega was still champion. As far as they knew, it was going to be Omega and Okada to J One,
0: which is fine. They knew who mm, was going to win the new New Japan Cup six months ago. That's what I'm saying.
1: Ah, fair enough. Well, okay. I don't know. Let's just move on. Uh, Sadamoto's Colt Cabana vs. Mission match was fine. Ishii and Okada have a have a have a have a very hard hitting match.
0: Yeah, this is uh, arguably the. You know, I could easily, you know, if you if you made me flip a coin, honestly, like, the Tanahashi Saber match was more my style. That's why I liked it more. Okada Ishii, you know, I could flip a coin easily and say that this was the second best match of the No doubt.
1: It was, dude, it's almost like they're setting up um, Tanahashi and Okada in the finals. There's no way that Sonata can beat Tanahashi, right?
0: You know... With the, with the story there to be told, like, both guys can't beat Jay White, that's the story there. Um, but man, hometown Nagoya guy, Sonata's here to stay, apparently.
1: Taps freaking Tanahashi out with the Colts go.
0: Which gives me more issue with the fact going. Saber lost. Because <laughs> now you have Okada, Sonata in the finals for MSG. I had... Zero belief Sonata was winning that finals. (laughs) I was... I had... Like, that's why I won't rate this match. Like, I love the Okada-Sonata match. I think it's, like, second best match of the year. After Omega Mm -hmm. Tanahashi. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The difference being... difference being... I had still my belief uh, suspended in Omega Tanahashi. In Okada-Sonata, I never once believed for a second. That Sonata was gonna win this match.
1: Yeah, no, I could say that.
0: That was my issue. with In
1: case you can't tell, though, uh, Okada beats Sonata in the final.
0: Yeah, Okada wins, which is fair. Yeah. I get, you know, we're getting Okada, Jay White at MSG, G1 Supercard for the title. Um, Okada cut a promos to Jay White saying he's not on his level, and then Jay White's like, "I beat you twice, brah." <laughs> Uh, do you think this is too soon for Okada White? Especially considering White beat him in 14 minutes at just in January?
1: A little bit. I don't think I want to see Okada get the title back quite yet.
0: Feels like it should be like a Dominion thing or anything, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, to me, you could have continued... I mean, I'm not going to complain about seeing Okada J. White any day, really. It's just with the stories that that are being told. Like, this wraps up no story. It doesn't wrap up any story with J. White and Okada.
1: Well, maybe he doesn't win it back, but it sure seems like it's where they're going.
0: If he doesn't win it back... back. Here's the issue. If Okada doesn't win win. the belt at White, or uh, against White at MSG, if sure it further... Gives credibility to White as a champion, but really he's beaten them but twice. But if White
1: drops a the belt, then great. First defense, you lose the belt. Well done.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's yet another champion who loses their first defense. There's a lot of Can you flaws imagine, could, behind Could,
1: could you this. imagine Colin's reaction to that?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, he already has the belt. Yeah,
1: that's true. But anyway, it's gonna be interesting here for the next couple of weeks because man, that many a weekend is packed with a lot of things.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of matches. I'm going to WXW followed by Stardom on Friday, and then uh, the G One Supercard, and then going home and falling asleep because I'm not watching WrestleMania, <laughs> not live. You, not...
1: you gotta watch Takeover. Aren't you gotta
0: watch uh, You know what? I'll probably watch Takeover on on a on Sunday night.
1: So everyone's watching Mania freaking out over Brock retaining over Seth and you're just like yeah that Adam Cole Gargano match was amazing
0: yeah that's what I'll be doing and then over the course of that week I will be uh, like watching Wrestlemania in like hour hour and a half chunks
1: <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for this Wrestlemania man it's scary looking
0: um, I do it's think this scary. is the best New Japan Cup I've ever seen from a pure you- match standpoint and the quality of it all
1: yeah, no, I can, I can say that it was, it was a good cup. I liked it.
0: Yeah, it was very yeah, easy was to very... to come in and watch. Um, oh, we didn't talk about the Juice Robinson Chase Owens U.S. title match.
1: Do we need to? Juice retains.
0: I mean, there was a lot of shit in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Foley comes out. Giotto's there. A lot of things happen. There Juice the Retains. Bump, you...
0: There was the the manager interference. There was the.
1: I I, I, the I, I almost phone. thought that Chase won it with the powder spot
0: mr fuji spot
1: yeah <laughs> did you
0: i was thinking <laughs> what did juice fucking do <laughs> did he did he hurt a cat or something did he hurt the owner's cat
1: <laughs> yeah it was crazy
0: i was i was definitely but I, concerned for a little that bit, but I was like thank god juice needs to rack up wins because, like, first of all, the booking seems real lackluster and a bit lazy behind the U.S. title, and it almost seems like there's a vendetta against Juice Robinson for no seemingly no reason, or things I can't understand.
1: The issue is I think the belt was made for um, for Kenny, and he's not there.
0: Uh, I think it was also made for Cody for the name value. That's also, I
1: think, too. Yeah. Uh, and then but, he left. Once again, he's gone, too.
0: So I think there's oh, a I think there's a I think there's a big think there's gap a, in what the U.S. title is. Uh, I think they had a vision for it, and then it all fell through when all these dudes just left. Right? There's not a lot of U.S. Well, looking guys. at the people there that, that
1: can technically, if you want to make it a U.S. title, like all foreign title only, like there's only a small handful of people that can really compete for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a flaw.
1: To what I was saying, dude, like um, everybody gets one. That's why Chase was a contender.
0: Yeah. Oh well.
1: Can't wait for Farley to take the belt off him, can you? Uh. Be interesting. Would it though? Would it really? I don't know, man. Like the I, title I, I, looks good on Juice. I, 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 think I, I think that I think that the U.S. title suits Juice.
0: Yeah, I think I think Juice just, think... just needs to rack up like fucking nine defenses. You know. Some, yeah. Then we we'll absurd... then,
1: then we'll see. And then we'll say who the best U.S. champion is, Colin.
0: Some absurd defense number for Juice after his after his first uh, first reign was well, shit,
1: bad. <laughs> yeah. good, good
0: win, but shit reign. Um, yeah, I think I think Juice just against even hard guys. You know, beat yeah, beat man, guys like Fale, Mikey Nickel. Um, maybe face to Gucci, beat him. You know, they don't have to be like totally credible opponents. Just rack up all these defenses and then you just see the num you know the numbers won't lie situation. Which what that would what be? did fine. the defenses
1: that Jay White had? Jay White didn't exactly defend it against named people. Defenses. Yeah, I can only remember like one of oh there was Hangman Page and there was um Finley. Who was the other one?
0: Probably Ashi or somebody.
1: Yeah, see, we don't remember who the third defense was. See? This is this is exactly why that belt's not good. Actually, sorry, that this is exactly why Jay didn't have the best run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean
0: the best match was Jay losing the title.
1: Yeah, it was a good match that was. That broke Jay's ribs.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. So that was New Japan. Uh we'll I'll be back talking about WCW and stuff. Um looking forward to G1 Supercard. And uh Road to uh, Dontaku Steve oh yeah Dontaku's looking like it could be pretty stacked hey thanks for joining me
1: yeah all good man all good thanks for having me back in a minute peace out guys
0: WCW World Championship Wrestling in the House. Here we are. WCW Thunder, episode 18, May 28th, 1998. I'm getting into that Nitro mood, guys. Getting into that Nitro mood. I do like me some Thunder. Those main events are getting bad. But what's going to happen? As we're heading into, I believe, Bash at the Beach at this point. Which is pretty interesting because Cody Rhodes of AEW filed for a bunch of old WCW property names. Pay-per-view names like uh, Bash at the Beach and Halloween Havoc and the such. Cool stuff there. So we get a quick recap of Nitro where Lex Luger and the rest of the NWO Wolfpack throw Sting a shirt to join the Red and Black. What is going through Sting's head? Why did Luger join the Wolfpack? Ah, these are the questions that are going to be answered tonight on Thunder. But first, Bret Hart hits the ring, start off Thunder, with very loud boos. He is hated. And the the crux of Bret Hart's promo here is Hart has the solution and words, and the key to Sting's wrestling future, join the black and white, pretty much don't join the black and red good quick simple promo not too long not too short got the point across we're moving on now if this there was there was a lot of segments on this show we get Jim Powers versus the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart and humorous even in his corner commentary mentioning Jimmy Hart seems to be forming a little faction of his own along with the return of mang at one point. Needless to say, quick boot of fear from Barbarian, and he gets the win. Just moving on. Not good. Uh, Jericho joins Shivani uh, on Rampside for an interview for discussion with J.J. Dillon about the state of the Cruiserweight title and the issue surrounding it because of what happened at the previous pay-per-view. However, Mr. Old J.J. is not here, so Jericho calls for the conspiracy What's going on in Nitro on DC and getting one hell of a lawyer to find evidence to his cruiserweight title so he can get it back in his hands. Conspiracy Jericho is so funny. Like everything makes sense to what he's saying. Malenko was never in the match. Uh, Clope was. Well, Malenko's definitely not Clope, so he never lost his title. Uh, he's even carrying around signs that have an arrow pointing to him saying conspiracy victim. Good good stuff. We get a long Nitro recap of the tag implosion covering uh, Luger coming out with Conan to save Kevin Nash from getting beaten down by the Giant. As Luger joins the Red and Black in this instance. So, that leads to later on Nitro, there's a tag match of Luger, Luger and Sting versus the nwo fake sting and giant cuz if you remember there was a fake sting for some reason last time you know reasons so they went so luger luger and sting win the match the post match is the wolf pack itself its new member luger trying to recruit sting to join them you know all world champions kind of deal or at least all champions compelling stuff we get a tag match High voltage versus the team of Bulldog and Nightheart. So kind of your heart foundation. You know, not much here. Just four big dudes going at it for five minutes until Bulldog hits the running power slam for the win. On. Music hits for the first time. It's the Wolfpack theme. You know what? I'm pretty sure I have a snippet of it. Right here. Yes, I do. So you're back on the wolf yeah, oh god, just a sick, sick tune that they come out to ring to. So much so that Nash even throws up the too sweet, and he's like, yeah, I know, we gotta stop the music, because we got, we got shit to say. Uh, sorry guys, let's get this, <laughs> let's get down to business. Yeah, Um. yeah, commentary acknowledges it and says, let's listen in. Nash says, I know the music is sweet, but we got business to do. So we got Conan, Nash, Savage, and Luger all in the ring. Luger talks about his... Gut feeling to join the Wolfpack wants to be across something big, so sensing kind of NWO takeover kind of vibes. He wants Sting to join him on the ship setting sail. Convincing promo by Luger. Luger's not so bad, he's growing on me, guys. I'm saying that, as long as you don't uh, put him in these shitty matches, I've been seeing it's uh, making my memory not so good. <laughs> next match glacier <laughs> uh versus former flock member van hammer due to hammer's nitro interference of glacier versus saturn so we're getting like a little revenge ploy here uh commentaries referring to uh raven firing the flock on nitro which is an interesting move the match goes on until glacier uh puts in the rings of saturn so that's continuing the little glacier Saturn feud that's happening for reasons. You know they just kind of talk about it a lot. Who cares? This causes Saturn to come out and sidekick Glacier for the DQ, <laughs> because, of course, you can't be stealing moves, even though Saturn is stealing glacier's moves. There's your logic. Still makes more sense than a lot of stuff we see in the mainstream wrestling today. So Raven follows suit and even flow DDT's hammer and then begs for Saturn to join forces with him again. He's kind of got this half recruiting thing going on here. You 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 definitely as a viewer have this thing in the back of your mind going Raven's up to something. So uh But Raven gets a mic, and he immediately freaks out. No, he doesn't get the mic. As they're walking down the ramp, he immediately freaks out that he thinks a couple vendors are mortis because of all the attacks that's been happening lately of just random dudes attacking him. And then, uh, so he's sicking Saturn. Saturn's helping out. He's beating, like, random dudes. And then out of nowhere from behind, a vendor cracks (laughs) Raven in the back. Uh, And then he books it. So Mortis gets him again, anytime, anyone, anywhere. It's good. It's, 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 it's interesting. I love it. Not so much the glacier Saturn thing, but definitely the Mortis-Raven thing that's happening. Uh, So we have a best of seven series ongoing because of the whole Booker T. Benoit uh, stipulation. This is just to, just to, for the number one contendership for Finley and his TV title. Hey. Makes the champion look uh, look like he's a big deal. Everyone's fighting towards him. This is the second match. Uh, currently, Benoit's up 1-0. Uh, of the, and the third match of the set is set for uh, WCW Saturday Night. So we won't be hearing that. We'll just be hearing the um, fallout from it. This match is super fast-paced. No let-up of any kind. With lots of back-and-forth and forth and near the Crowd got real hot for this. They're going fucking mental. Wish you'd get that a lot more. The match surprisingly gets a good amount of time. It goes for 13 and a half minutes. Booker T wins off his missile dropkick. Fun. Hell yeah. We get Finley versus Brad Armstrong for the TV title. Because even though Brad Armstrong has never won a match on this podcast. Or Thunder. He gets a TV title match. Second match in a row. Entrances are skipped through a commercial. So they're all jobbed out. So your TV title is jobbed out on TV. <laughs> and I also question why this was even fucking competitive. I've never seen Armstrong be competitive. Crowd chants boring during the match. Couldn't get over. Finally, Finley wins via the Tombstone. Like, even if you take out crowd reaction and the jobbing and you're dis- you suspend your disbelief, the match was okay at we another recap of Nitro, where Savage and Piper are in the ring being a team, uh, but then Hart comes out and plants the seeds of conspiracy. Being a lot of that uh, sprinkled throughout 1998 here of just the inner workings of the NWO. Don't trust anybody, and that includes anybody else. Savage was part of the NWO. He was part of the upright. You know, you can't trust him. Kind of deal. Uh, but one thing is for sure was that uh, it's insulting to Piper with heart, right? Because Fred Hart insinuates that Piper was in on it the whole time. Like, oh, man, we fooled him. And Savage being macho madness over here, he fucking loses it. He believes every single word coming out of Hart's mouth, or at least a hint of it. He's like, oh, if there's a chance, there's a chance I won't be having this. (laughs) Uh, well Piper and Savage are not getting along and they got a tag match coming up. We get Barry D'Arcel, a.k.a. Smash, a.k.a. Repo Man versus Saturn. Just a strange back and forth match until the sidekick Death Valley Driver hits. Saturn wins. Sure. Barry Horowitz versus Goldberg. match literally lasts 30 seconds. Spear, Jackhammer, who's next? 92-0. and US champ is here to stay. (laughs) NWO Hollywood to the ring of Bret Hart, Bischoff, Vincent, and the Giant. Got all these guys in there. No Hogan. That's interesting. I guess with Hogan and Sting's uh, past, that makes sense, right? Uh... They offer a Join Us Sting promo. Hart uh, does another one a little bit, so continuity from the beginning of the show. The Wolfpack music hits. They're all on the ramp, uh, saying everybody knows where Sting belongs. He wants to be with the champions kind of deal. And then a brawl ensues between the two groups to cut the show off the air. Not a shit ending with an NWO DQ finish. I don't fucking believe it. I... Loved this show. I enjoyed WCW Thunder. Crazy to think about. crazy to think about. I'm looking forward to Nitro. I'm looking forward to Thunder the next week. I'm looking forward to the great American Bash. I want to know what's happening. This is intriguing stuff. very happy fan. very happy fan. And that does it. That's our retro wrestling recap. Just to go through our top 10 rankings here, 15 for the men, 10 for the women. I'll just go for the women first. 10, Raven Creed, OTT champ. 9, Millie McKenzie. 8, Azumi. 7, Konami. 6, Andres Miyagi. She's been looking great in stardom, let's be honest. 5, Hazuki. One of the best in stardom this year. 4, Session Moth Martina. 3, Mako Satomura. They had a great singles match in OTT. 2, Killer Kelly. 1, Tony Storm, I love her heel work. That was the best women's match the last couple weeks. Loved it. Loved it all. Go check it out. Now with the New Japan Cup, OTT Scrapper Mania, 16-karat gold. Yeah, this is going to be a little biased, but let's just go through it. And Man. Honorable mentions. Ishii Suzuki, Absolute Andy, Jimmy Fucking Havoc, they're all they're all honorable mentions i just couldn't fit them on the list but who i was able and if you listen to the cast great you understand i'll probably only mention uh number one here uh, a little bit more but 15 is Dragonoff, off 14 osprey i'm sorry ishii got 13 my bad uh 12 marafuji 11 zack saber jr 10 tanahashi 9 kiyomiya of noah 8 Is Miyahara of all Japan seven David Starr six Bobby Guns finally won the big one five Sonata? Can't believe I'm saying that four Okada three Jordan Devlin two Volter and one Lucky Kid? And the reason why I put Lucky Kid number one is because he is the perennial lower mid Carter that had that has beaten. Every major tender in the promotion earned his spot. He beat Dragunov, he beat Thatcher, he beat Dieter, and he beat Balter. None of which you could just say, Lucky Kid was easily going to beat them. So, there we go. Episode 27 in the books. And the next time you will be hearing... This guy's voice is after a week of WrestleMania weekend featuring WXW, Stardom Show, G1 Supercard, NXT TakeOver, Mania. Holy shit. Very exciting stuff in the works here. Bradley Fretrocast, episode 27 of the WrestleCast edition. Scrapper Carrot Gold Cup. See you next time.